Welcome back to the show. I'm Chance Ellison. I'm Russell Howe. And this is Notorious by Chance, the weekly show where we all come in and talk all things movies. And this week we decided to, you know, this is continuing our anniversary streak, we decided to look at movies of 1999, which you guys, well, it was pretty competitive, but overall it came in, you want us to review The Matrix. We could have had, like, we literally could have probably had, like, 50 movies in this poll. Oh, I mean, because 1999 was such a great year. Yeah, we, we hotly debated what was going on the poll this week. It was because, tough, man. It really it was. was. It I really went, was tough. I wanted to throw some obscure love on there, so that's why I went with Eyes Wide Shut. And I think you, you went obscure, too, because you went 10 Things I Hate About You. I did. So we kind of, we, we wanted to, there were so many movies that we, like, could have put on there. It's just, what are you going to do in a year like that? You know, you can't really say that very often. And for those of you who are wondering what happened, you know, we, we said we we're doing a episode, a double feature on the moon landing a few weeks ago. What happened to that? Well, uh, there was some, I have to do some major audio surgery on that episode before we release it. So as of right now, that is our lost episode. It will be out. <laughs> it will be out when it's out. Just, just yeah, you guys will be surprised. It'll be uh, exclusive content. <laughs> Bonus content. <laughs> but regardless, either way, we have, we have another show to run. We're not going to keep you waiting for the matrix. Uh, but and we also have some other stuff to talk about. A lot of good, fun, and somewhat controversial stuff. Either way, but let's start off with uh, Russell. Have you watched any new Game of Thrones as of recent? What do you think the answer to that one is? You haven't, have you? I haven't. No, oh, I, 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 I've honestly been out of it, man. I really have. <laughs> oh, it was I've... funny because I went to my wife's work, and this one girl is a big uh, Game of Thrones fan, and she's like, "Oh, did you guys watch Game of Thrones?" I said, "Yeah, I'm on the second season." She's like, "Don't bother." She's like, just don't bother. Don't she bother. was so mad. She was Stop. so mad at how it. She's so mad at how it ended. So she was like, yeah. I was like, well, that doesn't really add fuel to the fire to get me to want to watch it. But I'll get back into it eventually. I really will. I'm also trying to. I'm. I'm dabbling with the idea of maybe going into Mine Hunters. That, that that's oh, getting my, such good. Mine Hunters. So I, I've both in the first season, the second season, I haven't got a chance to watch it. Yeah, is it really the good? First, the first season of Mine Hunter is excellent. All right, so I'm going to have to watch that. And then, obviously, our 13 Reasons Why. I think that, that looks really good, too. We were talking about that. <laughs> I know. Oh, we would, have, I, we would have a field day with Season 2. I know. Season 2, like, literally, it was two episodes. And then I was like, you know what? Nope, this I'm, is good. The, oh, I'm good. Oh, you know, I, I kept going. I kept I kept going. I, I took the bullets. For I couldn't do it. I just, it was so boring. It was like it was like Season 2 of Stranger Things. I just, I couldn't do it, man. Oh, no. So, so season 2 of Stranger Things is like a masterpiece compared to 13 Reasons Why Season 2. I'm, sh- I'm sure. I, I think after the first season of 13 Reasons Why, I kind of was like, how can you do it again? So I'm like kind of curious. And then it was just like all testifying in court. I'm like, Ugh, this is just not good. Yeah, I, mean, I was the, bored. Yeah. The, 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 the junior version of the verdict isn't nearly as interesting. Yeah. I, yeah. So that's why I kind of never finished it, but I will get back into game of Thrones. Eventually you will be surprised eventually down the road. I'm sure. Eventually. All right. Well, either way, let's get into our regular segments. First of which is the trailer talk. Uh, first, of, first show we're talking about for our Netflix film is Dolomite is my name. This is a com- this is a comedy biopic about Rudy Raymore, who I'll get into a bit, but I'm a, I'm a huge, massive fan of that guy. Uh, and you know, his pre- pretty much his rise to fame uh, stars Eddie Murphy in his first leading role in a little while. It's been a little while since I've seen Eddie Murphy in another movie. Also stars Keegan Michael Key, Mike Epps, Craig Robinson, Titus Burgess, Devane Joy Randolph, and <laughs> Tax evader extraordinaire, Wesley Snipes. <laughs> uh, so, Russell, what do you think of the trailer for Dolomite Is My Name? I thought it looked really funny. It's, it's really good to see Eddie Murphy back at it, what he does best, uh, comedic acting. Um, and yeah, and even having Wesley Snipes in there, 
kind of kind of was like kind of strange to see those two in there because you haven't seen them in like movies for forever, you know. Well, Wes, um, well, Wes, that was, was he was in jail. <laughs> well, yeah, he was in jail for uh, evading taxes. But needless to say, uh, you know, it's nice to see Eddie Murphy kind of get back into it. We, you know, we've seen a couple things that were like kind of like directly released, to, you know, Blu-ray or DVD or whatever, or like uh, HBO or Showtime exclusive shows, and like it's nice to see him back at it. You know what I mean? Um, anytime you get a good caliber actor like that, especially with comedic chops like Murphy, it's good to get them back in the in the spotlight again. But yeah, I mean, but the reason uh, the reason I I really excited for this movie the reason because I have a massive match back for Ray Moore because like you talk about independent filmmakers, this dude was one of the OGs of that. Uh huh. Like you look at someone who just like built his own success, <laughs> like someone who when he tried to break into business he was constantly told no. It was like no, you can't be a pimp, crime fighting karate master. No, you can't do that. <laughs> and he's like, you watch any of his movies, just like you know what, fuck, I'm doing it anyways. And like you see like certain scenes. In, I see a certain scene in the trailer, I'm like, oh, I've, I've seen that movie. I, I know if that's from. Like, I see things from Dolomite. I see things from The Human Tornado. Uh, I see a few things from Murder Was the Ace, the movie. Like, there are so many Easter eggs. And I'm like, yeah, I think Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy needs a good comeback. Oh, for sure. And if it's not, this is something that's going to come later, which we'll definitely get to in a second. But, yeah, I'm definitely excited to see. I, I hope this is good. I hope this is lives up to what Eddie Murphy lives up to what this project should be and what it could be because Rudy Ray Moore is someone that I don't think he's talked about nearly enough. I think he deserves some recognition in the film world. For sure. And it's set to release on Netflix late 2019. Uh, next trailer we're talking about is for A Hidden Life or Ragund. Uh, as it was formerly titled. It's not titled that anymore. Hidden, a Hidden Life. This is a uh, Holocaust World War II drama. Directed by Terrence Malick, starring mostly unknown actors. Well, Matthias Schoenhardt's probably the biggest actor in there. But yeah, like all the other people, like there are people who are like big in Germany, but not yeah. super big in the in the U.S. But it's funny. I, I didn't even I didn't even know it's like this trailer. It's not like I picked this trailer out. I remember while watching a video and this ad came up, and I saw like the trailer. So I'm like, oh wow, this is cool. I'm really digging this. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think, Russell? I like the beginning of it. it looked like really, it, it really shows you kind of like what 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 it is like without war. You know what I mean? Kind of like that peaceful tranquilness, and then it kind of throws you right into the you know obviously Nazi time, uh, Germany and World War Two. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm curious about it. Uh, Terrence Malick's such a hit or miss director, um, uh, so God, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what he can bring with this, and I'm really shocked at the runtime of this film, two fifty three. Oh, oh, yeah, the, yeah, 103 minutes. It's, it's, a, it's a little on the longer side, which maybe it justifies it. Who knows? But it looks beautiful, though, like from the opening scene to it. I mean, it looks super beautiful. Some of the cinematography and just some of the shots that Malik uses in it, it's, it's really beautiful. In the yeah, it looks extremely well shot. It's, yeah. the fi- it's the final role of Bruno Ganz, who, if you <laughs> recognize his name, you recognize his memes, the guy who played Hitler in the Downfall movie. So anytime, oh, yeah. anytime you see like a Hitler gets angry at blank video, that's yes. that's what that's from. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I think he I think he was. I also watched Downfall. Downfall is a really good movie. He was and he's awesome in it. But yeah, I mean the runtime does scare me. But yeah, I do think this actually looks really looks really good. It's been it's been a while since I've been excited for a Terrence Malick movie. Yeah, seriously. Uh, and uh, this this movie set to release December thirteenth, twenty nineteen. Uh, next up on the docket, 
I just put away the list. I don't know why. Uh, here we go. The Kill Team. <laughs> Not to be confused with the 2014 documentary of the same name. This is... I'm not highlighting this because it's an A24 film, and I, I love me some A24. Uh, this is a war drama starring uh, Nat Wolf and Alexander Skarsgård, and also Rob Marahoop, who's apparently in the movie. Uh, Russell, what do you think of the trailer for The Kill Team? Uh, I liked it. I, I did. Um, it, Alex, Alexander Skarsgård always plays like bad guys. I always think of the remake of Straw Dogs. He's such an asshole in that movie. Oh yeah. Um, um, and this film, it's it's basically almost the same thing. I think the one kid uh, was it is it Nat Wolf that ends up Nat Wolf finding out that finds out that Alexander Skarsgård's actually tr- like trying to commit or committing murder or whatever. Yes. Uh, which, he's, which, he's which is funny much, because now A twenty four has like a monopoly on both Wolf Brothers. Yeah, but it's like um, he's almost kind of like whistleblowing. He doesn't know what to do, and he's kind of stuck in between a, literally a rock and a hard place in this one. Um, it looks really fascinating, though. Um, kind of how you are, echo what you said. I I love A twenty four as well. Um, I like you know I always love the content that they put out. Uh, most of it's been hit, a couple misses, but overall they're they're really solid production team. I, I really love you know just the the company in general. But um, yeah, this movie looks good though. I think it. You know, I, I'm kind of curious about it. Um, we do see a lot of these Afghan you know Afghanistan um, war films. I, th- I think between that and World War Two. Uh, are really popular anymore, but uh, yeah, color me interested though. I'm 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 really uh, I'm really kind of interested in this film though. Yeah. So uh, yeah, and uh, the kill team is set for an October twenty fifth, twenty nineteen release date. Uh, next show we're talking about is for Little Women. This is the actually you know what? Hold on, I literally take a count at one at one point. I believe this is something like the eighth or ninth version of this of this story. This ninth adaptation of Little, of Little Women to ever come out, but regardless, Good boy, <laughs> uh, this latest one. This is directed by Greta Gerwig, who of course uh, made a big name for herself with 2017's Lady Bird. 2017, yes. Yeah, it was 17. Okay, this is this is the eighth version. Jeez. Double check. Uh, this features an ensemble cast featuring Saoirse Ronan, Emma Watson, Florence Pugh. Who's having a hell of a year? Let's just say she's, that she's she's everywhere, man. Every you know, midsummer and like she's having a big year. Yeah, she's she's been she's been killing. It. I think she, she's I think right now probably the breakout star of 2019. Seriously, for real? Oh yeah, because fighting with my family, she was excellent in that too. So yeah, yeah my family. She's yeah. I, I think she's even better in midsummer. I don't like the movie as much. Oh uh, yeah, she's. I, I, I do. I think she's really she's she's the she's absolutely one of the hidden she's the one of the gems in the film for sure. Oh yeah, like I I, I like Midsommar, but I like Midsommar. I don't like it much about my family, but I do think Pugh is a better performance in Midsommar. Yeah, I agree. Also features Timothy Chalamet, which I get. I guess like <laughs> I really kind of see that like Saoirse Ronan and Timothy Chalamet kind of becoming like Greta Gerwig staples. I have a feeling like yeah, every I, time they, like, every time she makes a movie, they're gonna be in it. Sorcia Run is such a good actress, though, man. Oh, she's, um, she's fantastic, and she will get a uh, Oscar win eventually. Um, eventually. She's, she's she's tremendous. Um, yeah, and Timothy Chalamet. This is a good cast. I mean, this is a really solid cast. Oh, and also Tracy uh, Letts, who is also in Lady Bird. Yeah, so you have like I mean, this is an A list of up and comers. Yeah, uh, and, oh, and and of course Meryl Streep and Meryl Streep's and everything. Yeah, so uh, we we calling her now. Is she gonna get nominated for this? If somebody's going to get nominated, if, if she's going to get nominated, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. 
Best supporting actor, Meryl Streep. Watch her only be in like one scene in this movie. She she's sitting in a chair, crocheting or knitting or something like that. Oh, beautiful work. Beautiful. Oscar worthy. Yes, absolutely. But anyway, Russell, what do you think of the trailer? Sure. I, I, we've seen it. You know, I mean, yeah. I mean, we've seen this movie played out so many times, but um. I, I'm, I'm a little bit more curious, I, I think, just because of the star-studded talent you have in this film. Um, you know, anytime you can put all these guys together. I mean, even if we know the kind of the basic gist of the story, you can only tell that story so many times. You know what I mean? Um, I constantly think about the, what, the Winona Ryder and Kirsten Dunst one, I think, from, what, 94? 94. 94. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I constantly think of that one just because I, I think that's, like, the last one I really, I think, I'd seen. Um but yeah, no, this is, this is, like I said, this is, I mean, okay. I mean, it's the same story, um, you know, new, uh, breadth of actors and actresses. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I suppose I'll go see it. I'm not like dying to go see it. I think the, the talent in this film alone, I think is kind of what's kind of selling me a little bit. Yeah. I kind of the same boat as you. Like, yeah. I mean, it, it looks like a fine movie. It's just, yeah, I do not care about another little woman. No, I mean it's like you can you know what's gonna happen. I mean it's I don't know unless unless this ends with a massacre at the end, which would be interesting. But <laughs> yeah, I, I know people who are just like dying to see this movie, and I don't I don't understand why. It's because like it's a little we, we we've seen this done countless times before. Well, like you know everything that's gonna happen in the film, so it's like eh, okay. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's kind of hard for me to be interested in movies seen this many times. Uh, but regardless, I mean, looks like it's got some director flair to it. So hopefully it'll be good. But it come and it comes out December twenty fifth, twenty nineteen, Christmas Day, folks. I know uh, what I'm doing on Christmas. <laughs> next trailer we're talking about right now is one for a movie that I am shocked is getting released. <laughs> Finally, we have a trailer for Zeroville. This is a James Franco directed uh, com comedy in which a young seminarian who worships film rise in Hollywood in 69 during a transitional time in the industry. We, which, again, 69, this is around the time of like Charles Manson and all that stuff. Uh, this movie was actually, this movie actually was shot in 2014. This has been on the shelf for five years. They have <laughs> never been able to secure a release date for it. The distributor right now is some company I've never heard of called My Cinema. Oh, boy. Yeah, so, Russell, what do you think of the trailer for Zeroville? I mean, it's definitely different. Uh, it's, I mean, it's something that, I mean, I James Franco really likes these out-there type roles. You know what I mean? Um, he, he doesn't. Look, he, I, look, I'll say this. Like, James Franco, he may not always be good, but he's always just something interesting. He is. I mean, I think Spring Breakers is probably the best uh, example of that, really taking he, it and he going, is, going completely. He's so great in Spring Breakers. Yeah, I mean, taking your role and going completely, like, what, like going somewhere like Franco hasn't gone before. Um I mean, the movie looks okay. Uh, again, it's just it, it's very it's very muddled. I, I really, you know, they're just sprinkling in, in names like you know they got Seth Rogen, and Megan Fox. You know, what I mean, Dan, Danny McBride, um, Craig Robinson. I mean, they're just like sprinkling in actors and actresses. Um, it's really kind of strange to see Megan Fox kind of uh, go, like basically get a co a co billing in this film. So uh, yeah, uh, the movie looks out there though. Um, I, I mean, I, I guess I'm interested enough, but it's one of those ones. It looks different for sure. It's also weird. Like, you ever look like James Franco's filmography? The dude's in a lot of stuff. The dude's in like a lot of movies that most people don't even see. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, I mean, the, the dude, he, he works. <laughs> he definitely works. 
And so, yeah, uh, Zeroville is currently set for a September 20th, 2019 release, so right around the corner, about a month from now. Uh, will people see it? Probably not, but at least at least they finally put it out there. People, it, it'll be out there. Needless to say. All right. Uh, next year we're talking about. Oh, sorry. I almost said the last one, but it's not not the last. Uh, next year we're talking about is underwater. Uh, so underwater is a action thrill horror thriller action. I'm not really sure what the what the exact uh, nomenclature be for this one. Uh, you can put sci-fi in that? Sci- you probably could put sci-fi in there. Why not? Gonna... Okay, look, 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 Wikipedia defines it as sci-fi adventure horror thriller. So okay. a lot, a lot of things in that. <laughs> Starring uh, Kristen Stewart as a this movie, a crew of, under, on, eh, crew of underwater researchers must scramble to safety after an earthquake devastates their subterranean laboratory. Uh, <laughs> Russell, what do you think of the, what do you think of this trailer? <laughs> Honest to God, I, I'm kind of like looking forward to this. I, I, I know this movie is going to be probably bad because it's getting a January release, um, but I'm, I'm actually kind of curious about it. Uh, it it's yeah, uh, we see uh, K. Stu sporting and rocking the uh, slim shady look in the film. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think it looks kind of cool. I, I don't know what what kind of like aliens or whatever underwater creatures they have to fight off there. I just think it looks kind of cool. So uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, we, look, we said we said the trailers for Crawl didn't look especially fantastic. And dude, I'm telling you what, Crawl and I have Crawl in the top ten of like you know, I, I really enjoyed that film a lot. Yeah, I, um, I, so. I still have not got a chance to watch it, but oh man, you got to see it. Such I, a, I, it's, I, it's I, a, I will. I do want. I do want to watch, especially after like, hearing after hearing yeah, everything you, people talk about it. You absolutely got to check it. Out. It's a really, it's a really good film. This one, I mean, it looks like it's going to be one of those fun guilty pleasure films and. I'm always about that. Like I said, you know, like how you just said, Crawl was one of the ones I thought for sure this movie was gonna be stupid. Here it was like on the top ten uh, films of uh, of of the uh, well, not of the year. What, what, what did we do? Just the top ten movies? Top ten, or, like half yeah, of the year. Half the year, yeah. And it made my list because I just I enjoyed it. It was a fun film. So, um, but this one looks fun. Um, I don't know how it's gonna be in the January release. Kind of scares me, but all in all, I'm in I'm in the mood for a little bit of fun. This movie looks like it's gonna deliver that. It's also like a weird cast. I mean, you got Kirsten oh, Stewart, T.J. Miller, and Vincent Castle. I think T.J. Miller's just excited to get some work again since he can't be the voice of, uh, what, since they booted him out of um, How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, he's like, he's like I'm just, I'll, I'll take anything right now. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but um, yeah. Yeah, so uh, Underwater is set for a, like, like what's that, January 10th, 2019 release date. Uh, the next show we're talking about is one for, I'm very curious to see what you think about this. It's trailer for Last Christmas. Well, we talked about this movie a little while ago when it was announced, but this is a holiday rom-com directed by Paul Feig, written by Emma Thompson, starring Amelia Clark and Henry Golding. Uh, I'm very curious to see what you think about this trailer. What do you think about the little trailer for Last Christmas? To be honest with you, I, I really enjoy chick flicks. I do. I know you do. Um, and I really, I think, I, I think I'm going to kind of looking forward to this a little bit. Uh, you know, we we got uh, George Michael music in there, which is you know tremendous a selling point in itself. Um, obviously, you knew they were going to play that song. You knew it was going to happen in, in the trailer somehow. Um, but yeah, I, I really I'm really curious about it. Uh, Henry Golding's like how we were saying earlier, crazy rich Asians and uh, you know a simple favor um, really kind of helped catapult him back in the, you know ca- catapult him in the the spotlight. So he's absolutely seizing the uh, 
the benefits from that. And yeah, uh, uh, Amelia Clark. Yeah, I, I I'm curious about it. I, I like a good chick flick. This looks like it's going to be like a romantic film, and yeah, why not? Okay, so I'm going to hit you with something that I'm not sure if you know because I didn't know it the first time I watched it. The internet okay. has apparently decided they figured out this movie. And if they did do this, I wouldn't be shocked. But there's a theory going around that Henry Golding's character isn't actually real. Saying that he's an angel or Jesus or dead uh, or, some because kind she's... Of, okay. or some kind of like psycho, psycho, like, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a uh, mental representation of what this girl, of what this girl needs to see to help herself get better. Because she's like dying or whatever in this because, film. That well, makes sense. Because she died and Henry Golding interacts with interact with nobody else throughout this trailer. So this is like the sixth sense to meet the chick with film, I guess, right? Yeah. I, um, I okay. see hot people. Yeah. Um okay. Yeah, I, I could see that. I mean, now that I think about it, yeah. It could make sense. Of course be you know, this people like to point out stupid things I, about I, I like I like to think that that's not true, just because that would be pretty stupid of Universal to make it that blatantly obvious in one trailer. But my thing is, okay, hear me out now that now that you put that out there, now that that's dancing around in my head. But what if he's like a Christmas angel or something like that? Yeah, that's that's a thing. Like, yeah, they're yeah, saying like he's, I mean, whatever he is, they're saying he's not human. Uh, it would make sense because they're releasing it around Christmas and like angels and Christmas and yeah. I don't know. I hope not. I hope not too. Yeah, I hope I hope he's real. So yeah, we'll, we'll find out in a couple months here. I, I like Henry Golding. I like Amelia Clark. I like everyone involved in this. I would I would think it was funny if Michelle Yeoh is playing Henry Golding's mom again. Like, yeah, that would be kind of funny. <laughs> that's her new typecast. She she can only play Henry Golding's mom. Yeah. Say, so, look, look what we did, Crazy Rich Asians. We got to keep this rolling. Anyway, the movie comes out November eighth, two thousand nineteen. Uh, next trailer we're talking about is for Antlers, which at, at hearing that at first, it doesn't that doesn't that sound like like a B horror movie about a killer moose, like a Christmas Christmas horror film like Krampus, <laughs> which which that's what it could be. This is a. This is a movie about a small-town Oregon teacher and her brother, the local sheriff, become entwined with a young student, harboring a dangerous secret with frightening consequences. Don't know why this is called Antlers yet, but I'm assuming we'll find that out. Maybe, maybe he was an army of demonic reindeer. Who knows? Who knows? And the interesting thing about this movie for me is the fact that it's directed by Scott Cooper. Yeah. Who he, This is the guy who directed, he's directed Crazy Heart, Out of the Furnace, Black Mass, Hostiles. This is really like this is nothing like this is like nothing like he's ever done before. No, this is switching genres completely for me. It's Scott Cooper and Guillermo Toro as a producer, which makes which makes me really curious about it. What do you think of the trailer? I thought it looked okay. Um, it had that. Did you see the movie Dark Skies Dark with Skies. Uh, Carrie Russell? Oh, oh Carrie Russell. Kinda, this movie also. It, it kind of had that type of like vibe, that feel to it, like that because she was at that. It was like a sci-fi horror movie or whatever. Um, but I think it looks okay. Um, again. I don't think the trailer was very long. You didn't really get a whole lot of information from watching it, so I, I, I'm kind of curious to see what, what they're going to do with maybe like maybe the second trailer coming out. Um, but anytime, like I said, I like horror films, so you know I'm always kind of curious about it. But uh, yeah, it looks okay. Um, I, I'm kind of curious, like I said, what they're going to do with it, and kind of how we said it's it's kind of crazy to see uh, Cooper going completely out of his comfort zone. Um, and directing and taking a 
you know, his hands on like a fantasy horror ish film. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm curious enough. Yeah. I mean, me, me, me too. I, it's just, it's an odd combination, which is, which is what makes oh, me for which sure. really sparks my curiosity. Uh, yeah, for sure. And antlers is set for a, actually doesn't have, currently have a release date. So it's set to release in 2020. So nothing official yet, but it is coming in 2020. And the last set of trailers we had to talk about is, I say set because it's actually a really good marketing strategy. Uh, we had two trailers for the upcoming Noah Baumbach movie, Marriage Story, about a... Well, here's the thing. So, with the, tra- with the trailers we got, it's, it's about it starts two people. It stars Adam Driver, Scott Johansson, they play a married couple. The first woman's release was What I Like About Charlie, and it's you know Scott Johansson talking about her husband. And the second one was released about was released was what I like about Nicole as Adam mm-hmm. Driver's character talking about his wife and you start seeing yeah. the relationship there's a lot, actually a lot of scenes that are shared between the two of them yeah and then you get the and then you get like the reveal at the end which like legitimately shocked me with the it's fact like in that court. yeah yeah, this, like, is go, yeah. This is going through a di- they're going through a divorce divorce yeah it's like okay like what yeah. how did we get here yeah, I mean. It- Everybody likes everybody, I thought. <laughs> yeah, but either way, Russell, what do you think of the trailers, the trailers for Marriage Story? I mean, I, I kind of just echo what you just said. I'm kind of curious what got them there. It's like they seemed like they had a really good relationship. So, again, you really don't get a whole lot. It's only like a minute and 20 for each side of the story. Um, and it, it's basically sharing the good qualities that they like about their partner. Um, and then all of a sudden, yeah, they're in court and you kind of know that they're going to get it. You're, you know, that they're into like the proceedings for a divorce. So it's obviously kind of random out of left field, but, uh, yeah, I mean, two good actors, you know, you know, with, uh, Scarlett Joe and, and, uh, good old Kylo Ren. But, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and the other thing I was actually amazed about was the fact that Scarlett Johansson's never been nominated for anything. Yeah, and as, Academy as, as, as another thing, like they point out that at the end of the trailer, Golden yeah. Globe nominee Scarlett Johansson, Academy I'm, Award I'm like, nominee, Adam Driver. Yeah, yeah, I was like, you're better than that. Like, honestly, I really thought she was great in Match Point. I really like that. She's really, she's really good. She's, she's really good she's, in Match Point. But she was terrific in that movie. And um, honestly, and honestly that, if you're going to make a case for, like, you know, like voice, for like voice performance being nominated for Oscars, I would seriously consider her for, for her. Cause she's so oh, good. Absolutely, that, she's so good in that movie, and it's just absolutely. Vocal. Yeah, it's just vocal. But the the relationship that she strikes up with Joaquin Phoenix, I mean, it's so believable, you know. Um, and she, yeah, she is terrific in that film. Um, so yeah, it's kind of kind of sad that she hasn't ever been nominated before. Really, I think she, really I think crazy. Get, I think she'll get one at some point. I really. Uh, she'll get a nomination. I can't see her winning anything down the. I mean, maybe down the road eventually. I mean, who knows? I mean, we didn't think that. Rami Malek was going to win either, so we've seen, and he really shouldn't have. <laughs> no, he really, really not, really shouldn't have. Yeah, um, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, no, this movie does look pretty good, though. I, I'm, I am kind of curious to see what ended up getting them to this this point, this demise, I guess, so to speak. Yeah, for sure. And I think I like about No Bombback as a director and as a writer. I think he wrote this also, if I'm not mistaken. He did. He really has like an understanding. Of like, of like modern marriages like this, like modern relationships, yeah, and like dynamics like that. Because like you look at his movies like Squid and the Whale or While We're Young, or um, or Marewood stories. Like he really has a grasp on like what makes these relationships work, not work, which which what makes me like really really interested in this movie. 
And it's, For it's, sure. it's coming to Netflix, which, again, shows the fact that they're slowly but surely becoming like the Disney of streaming services until Disney <laughs> strikes back. We had to – they're like, well, wait. Oh, what do we do now? <laughs> uh, but either way, I think, I think it was really good. I'm excited to watch it. No word on when it's releasing on Netflix, but it'll probably be out late in 2019. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. All right, so that's it for the trailer talk. We now move on to Notorious News. Uh, well, we talked about Eddie Murphy a little bit earlier, but coming to America too. They're coming to America. God, that's stupid. Uh, either way, the Coming to America sequel has just added, first of all, Craig Brewer, who was actually working, actually directed Eddie Murphy and Dolomite is my name, is directing this movie. We never talked about that, but he is. Uh, we also know that uh, some cast members, uh, of course, Eddie Murphy reprising the role as Akeem, Arsenio Hall is coming back as Semi, James Earl Jones in his late career stretch reprising all his famous roles is coming back as Jaffe Jaffer. Uh, we also have John Amos and Shari Headley coming back as Cleo and Lisa McDowell. No word on whether or not Eric LaSalle is coming back, but I really hope he does. But uh, also, also coming along for the ride, as unbelievable as this seems, uh, Wesley Snipes will be in the movie. <laughs> Leslie Jones, <laughs> Kiki Lane, who was great in Beale Street Could Talk, Tracy Morgan, and Rick Ross. Of course. Of course. Uh, so anyways, Russell, we, I don't think we ever talked about this. Are you excited for coming to America too? I like, I don't know what to really make of this just because of the fact that it's been 32 years. Oh, and the queen to be guy is coming back. Yeah. Like 32 years. I mean, that's, that's super crazy. So I, I don't know if they're going to be able to do justice to a follow-up to coming to America from 88. I don't know. Also, what the hell, you is, know, this, that, what the hell is this plot going to be? I, I don't understand. I don't know. And the thing about it is it's like it's 32 years have passed. Like, I don't, I don't know. That's a, that's a big chance. I, I understand we want to, you know, uh, Eddie, but Eddie Murphy, again, he's really – select about what he takes and you know he's you know you know uh, role wise so i mean i guess you know he signed on to it I, I, hopefully he had some kind of like input on this i would i would assume um Honestly, i don't know you could you could have done like a really good like reboot of coming to america you, you really could have yeah because i mean it, we're in the day and age now where everything you know they love everything getting rebooted so i, I could totally have seen that but like you switch up the location you make him like you make him like uh I don't know, make him like some kind of Asian prince. Yeah, you modernize it a little bit, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, like, yeah. like, ima like imagine Akeem using Tinder for the first time. Yeah, th there you have it. it. There, there you have it. Could be interesting, but now we're going, we're going sequel. Not sure what the plot's going to be, but either way, is I'm, I'm just very confused about all this. I'm super skeptic about it because it's like I, you don't know what kind of like what you said. You don't know what to expect out of this. Like, it's been so long. Like, I don't know. Oh wait, and also. Oh, never mind. Never mind. I thought I saw I saw something about like Dave Chappelle joined the cast with a question mark. I'm like what? <laughs> if Dave Chappelle joins this, I'm officially back on board. <laughs> for sure. Uh, but either way, coming to America is set for an August seventh, twenty twenty release. Uh, next piece of news. Uh, oh, actually, well, one I forgot. Uh, we usually <laughs> we usually like to get the celebrity deaths out of the way first because to make room for more fun stories and more fun outrages down the line. We forgot to we forgot to do that, so we're gonna do that now. Uh, the legendary counterculture icon Peter Fonda has just recently passed away. I believe it was uh, 
complications with lung failure, if I'm not mistaken. I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what um, what they were saying. Yeah, but Peter Fonda, star of uh, such film, that mo- his most notable is probably Easy Rider, which is yeah, would, a really great movie. Yeah, it's an Easy Rider, like Yuli's Gold there at the end. Yeah, Yuli's Gold, uh, Three Ten to Yuma, which is really which is really good. Yeah, Wild Angels. This, this dude, like, there was a bit like counterculture movement in the '60s, and he was like one of the main icons of that. So, yeah, I mean, the the dude was he, he's a legend, one of the greatest Peters in Hollywood. Rest in peace, sir. All right, so back to the regular news. It, uh, yeah, this is a, this is a real story. Michael Rooker has joined the cast of Fast and Furious Nine. Why? Who the hell knows? But he was he is uh. Joining returning cast members Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, Ludacris, Tyrese, not Dwayne Johnson because he's doing his own thing now. And also he will not work with Vin Diesel anymore, probably. Uh, also John Cena and reprising her role from Fat from Fate of the Furious because nobody asked. Uh, Charlize Theron is coming back to the Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> which um, I was confused. I thought she died. I thought so, so too, but... but apparently yeah, she didn't. Okay. Listen, if Michelle Rodriguez can have like... Uh... What, uh, memory problems and stuff like that? Why not? Sure. I mean, I, they can just fudge that in there somehow, I'm sure. Apparently his character's name is Buddy. Make of that what you will. But, uh, Russell, fast, first of all, Fast and Furious 9. You excited for that in general? And two, Michael Rooker joining the cast. You think he's a good addition? I mean, I, who, who else are you going to keep adding to these films? You know what I mean? Well, who else is going to say yes to these? <laughs> I mean, everyone's going to say yeah, though, because it's a big, it's it's a cash draw. I mean, it's the, these things are recession proof. They only make they only make more and more and more money. Um, so they're going to keep putting these films out. Um, do I care if it, if it comes out or not? Eh, I mean, I've seen all of them in the theater. Uh, I've I've been invested this long with it, so it's kind of one of those things. It's like yeah, I'll go see the you know the new one. Um, but I mean. I just take them for for fun action films. That's kind of where I take it at face value. I don't really think that these movies are. I mean, I think they're they're better with a little bit more of the storytelling. I think than they were in the earlier stages. Um, but I, th- I feel like they're just doing so much. It's like the Mission Impossible series. They're trying to do what's the next big thing. What's the next big jaw dropping um, stunt piece that we're going to end up doing in this film? You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said. This film, is, this franchise, is, has you know gotten bigger and bigger as the you know I think that that's mostly to the Rock coming in on Fast Five, um, really kind of helped like really re- revitalized that um, franchise. But yeah, Michael Rooker, I mean, sure. Like I said, it, it, it's it's pretty much you have so many stars in this film. It's gonna be like this big ensemble piece, like from here on out, like it, and it has been for a while. But you know what I mean. You keep adding and adding more and more to the to the list of people. It's it's getting kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Bath and Furious Nine. Don't know what this one's going to be called. The Fine of the Furious. Fast Nine at Ridgemont High. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what they're going to do with it. Uh, imagine if Sean Penn joined the cast. Hey, I I've, I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, imagine, imagine how awkward that would be. <laughs> Um, yeah, that would be a little yeah. Well, but to also, little... well, to also have Charlotte. Oh wait, was he married to Charlotte Theron? No, he's married to Madonna. He's, oh, he's mar- and also Robin Wright. And Robin Wright, yeah. Right, but either way, uh, Fast Nine, the Furious, whatever, is set for a uh, May twenty second, twenty twenty release. Stuart Townsend, she's 
Charlie Theron made Stuart Townsend. In the biggest piece of no fucking shit news we're talking about right now, Disney is reportedly unimpressed with New Mutants. Duh. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, this was a this was a no uh, no brainer from the get go. I mean, like Fox was not impressed with New Mutants <laughs> so much that so they kept pushing it back. Yeah, there, there's a reason why this movie, yeah, has you know keep getting pushed back. Okay, look, the thing is. I, I, I'm not sure if they're... Look, this has got to be put out at some point. Millions of dollars have been sunk into this movie. The, too, too much money has been sunk into New Mutants for it to never see the light of day. Now, place and best now. Does this go Does this go to theater or does it go to Hulu? I think it's going to go to... I think it'll go to Hulu. Hulu? Yep. Just just, just to be the contrarian, the contrarian on this show. I'm going to say it hits theaters at some point. I just... Yeah, I mean... I, I'm going to say it hits theaters, completely bombs... And after that, we start to reboot the X Men. Then everybody forgets about Dark Phoenix. Well, we already we already have. The ship has sailed on that. <laughs> uh, that's all I want to say. Uh, so next story we're talking about: Harry Styles, star of uh, you know acclaimed, well, Dunkirk, uh, was apparently up for the role of Prince Eric in the live action Aladdin, live action Little Mermaid remake. And he reportedly has turned well, one reportedly he has turned it down. Okay. To what I say, to, to that I say, good, because let's get some yeah. actual, let's get some actual fucking actors in this movie. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a huge uh, turn down, especially for you know a career move wise, because I mean, you know, One Direction is pretty much no direction. Well, not, and, yeah. uh, no, di- no direction except for like one guy. <laughs> And Dunkirk sucked, and uh, yeah, this is kind of a stupid move on his part. I mean, he 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 must think that he has something else in the uh, in the pipeline that's that's more you know that's better, which I think is kind of dumb because what would revitalize your career a little bit more? I mean, we we at least know that like you would know that this is easy money, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's the prince. He doesn't got to. He doesn't have to do shit. No, I mean you're gonna hire. I mean he's a singer, so he doesn't really even sing in the film. So you yeah, really, Prince Eric doesn't even get a song in the movie. No, so so well, why? Yeah, they just... would probably. Yeah, now that you bring that up, now that you bring that up, that makes sense. Prince Eric doesn't have a song, so why are you trying to hire a singer? Yeah, I, I don't know. Unless they're gonna, I, unless they're gonna give him a song. Like I said, they'll, they'll probably do something they like do with the Lion King or whatever. I'm sure. Shoehorning the song for no reason. Yeah, Eric's just bored one day on the boat and starts singing <laughs> or something. I don't know. Okay, okay. You know what? I'd be down. I'd be down for this if we got like a six, like a cool sea shanty. That's yeah, there, there you have it. That's uh, that's what they got to do. But either way, uh, yeah, Disney get 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 some fucking actors into this movie. Seriously, man. I uh, this live action stuff, man. It's really stressing me out. Uh, well, eventually they're gonna run out of properties. Like, I'm waiting till the day they reboot Black Cauldron. Yeah. So next piece of news talking about is, uh, so Mike Flanagan and Crawl director Alexander Aha are teaming for a interactive horror film. So how this is going to work is there's going to there's going to be an app that you download before you go into the movie, and the audience throughout time of the movie is going to vote what happens next, and whatever wins is going to be what happens next in the movie. So doesn't so it's very well could the thing that I could very well be affected by this movie is the runtime. <laughs> Because yeah. you, you don't know what's gonna. It's also, it's gonna sound like it's gonna be a nightmare to film. But either way, Russell, what do you think of this this type of like concept idea? I I love it. I think that's a, it's a really great idea. Um, 
borrowed from even that what was that the black black yeah, mirrors bandersnatch bandersnatch yeah i thought which, that was kind of cool we should review one day because that's actually really interesting to talk about um i just think it's cool i think it's cool what better way to get the audience participating in something than have something like where it's interactive i think that's that's more fun the 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 um experience is that much more richer because of it um and how cool would it be if you're the only person in the theater seeing it on like an off night like during a oh, weekday? Yeah. You, you decide you get to make your own you movie. De- you decide the whole entire thing. How awesome would that be? I mean, okay, that'd be pretty cool. Totally on board with this. I think it's fun. I love uh, Alexander Aha. Um, we've talked about him before, like High Tension, Mirrors, Hills Have Eyes, Crawl. I, I just I love him as a director. Piranha. Um, he just he has a flair and knack for the horror genre and. Um, you know, and this will be fun. I think this will be really cool. I really hope that they um, they really do this. It's going to take a lot of work to do that, but if Bandersnatch can do it and pull it off, I think uh, you know these two can get that done too. Did did he direct Piranha 3D? He directed Piranha. I'm pretty sure he directed Piranha 3D. Like the original, the original Piranha that came out in the 70s. No, 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 no. The remake of Piranha. Oh yeah, no, just and also the original was Joe Dante. But yeah, no, the, the Piranha 3D, which is actually I actually really like that movie. Piranha 3D was the one that came out in 2010. He's the one that directed that. Yeah, I, I, so I like that, which I, which I liked. Yeah, yeah I did too. Um, that was, I mean, his movie, his horror films are fun films. Um, and then, like I said, High Tension was probably my favorite one. But that whole ending, maybe later on we'll we'll get to review that. That the whole ending kind of really threw off the whole film. But whatever. Yeah, but uh, so next piece we're talking about right now. Uh, some bit, bit sad. This is something really sad for me. Uh, Neil Baumkamp is no longer directing RoboCop Returns, and well, and for those you forgot, he was supposed to direct. He was supposed to direct the uh, re, well, reboot, reto- revamp, sequel to RoboCop, uh, mm-hmm. which would bring back you know Alex Murphy, the original Alex Murphy, but not Peter Weller because for some reason he didn't want to do it. Uh, let me see if I can find his tweet because he, he announced this in the in the weirdest way possible if i can okay here we go uh all right here we go this this, this is the tweet he sent. off robocop i'm shooting new horror thriller at mgm can't wait slash need to shoot robocop now excited to watch the theaters with fans and i i it's it's very hard to decipher i don't know if he's gonna watch this movie with all his fans in theaters but i, I should hope so <laughs> the neil blanc camp yeah. tour yeah you would want to but either way uh russell robocop well this, this is not the first neil blanc camp legacy project that got canceled because remember, uh, yeah he's he supposed to direct that uh 30 years later alien sequel that brought yeah. back ripley and newton all those other guys uh so you know him no longer directing RoboCop. What 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 do you what do you think of that? And also, do you buy this? Do you buy this scheduling thing? Uh, I don't. I think something happened. Obviously, that's kind of like there's try to sweep under the rug. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I wonder where they go from here with director wise. Like, who do you who do you approach? I think um, I'm trying to think of like an action. I tell you what, Denny Villeneuve would make a good RoboCop. I think. Oh, I know, I know. Villeneuve would kill it. He would and I kill think it. like, and I think he would make an interesting RoboCop. I know it'd be a lot like you know a lot different than the types of films he's kind of used to making, but I think he would make a really good RoboCop film. 
Um, I don't know. I don't know where they go from there with director wise, though. Obviously, the 2014 one wasn't that great. It kind of it was not very good at all. Um, no, no. That, and the that, first one's still such a classic. Uh, but first, um, first, first one still very much holds up. Yeah, for sure. So I don't know where they go with that one. I think, like I said, I think there was some. Um, I think there was. Uh, some other kind of things going on when um, this happened. I think they're just not trying to really release that out yet. I mean, you have Villeneuve. Alex Garland can make a good RoboCop movie. Alex Garland could, yeah, absolutely. You know, the success of you know Ex Machina can, yeah, yeah, I, I could absolutely see that. Maybe like a Dan Trachtenberg, uh, Doug Liman, maybe who knows. But either way, yeah, that'd be kind of cool if like after the you know maybe the Russo brothers. I think that'd be kind of fun. Maybe yeah. Uh, but either way, it sucks that he's off of it, and now just my excitement for Robocop Returns is just gone, just completely just down the drain. <laughs> uh, next piece of news: uh, Kevin Hart, man who is in literally almost everything, uh, is set to star in super in a superhero comedy for STX, uh, Nightwolf. So the premise for this okay. movie is that Kevin Hart is dating this girl when he meets his he, and like he's gonna I think propose or something. And when he meets a city father-in-law, he finds out that he is the superhero known as Nightwolf. Oh, boy. Yeah, this is Meet the Parents. This is right along. This is... Oh. So, and also keep in mind, last time Kevin Hart did a superhero comedy, it didn't work out too well. Yeah. Uh, but either way, oh, Russell, you hear this premise, you hear Kevin Hart. What do you, what do you make of it? I don't know. Very skeptical about this choosing. I don't really think that this is really a good idea. Um, I don't know. It doesn't sound like it's very interesting. I think. Well, I, so yeah. Here's the thing. I'll say. I think this is a good idea. An idea of a superhero comedy is a good idea. It, because like, yeah, I agree with that. In this age where superheroes are everywhere, we need kind of like different type of like genre stuff. To and that's of, what like I think that was the success of Shazam. We were saying before. Yeah, the comedic was, aspect of it that. Was something different. And look, look at yeah. like look at like Guardians twenty fourteen. That looked like that looked nothing like any superhero movie we'd seen up to that point. Yeah, which a lot of people loved it. So I think we do need kind of the, the different ideas like this. Not yeah, sure this is not, not sure this is the way to go. I don't either. That's kind of why I'm like, eh, I don't really think that this is really. I don't know. We'll see. We will definitely see. Uh, this is also apparently from. Oh, crap. I forgot the writers of this. Oh, well. Forget it. Doesn't matter. <laughs> keep moving. Uh, oh, this is something I do know who's involved with. Uh, Henry Golding. Back back in the show again. Uh, back in the shadow. Back in the shadow. Oh, speaking of shadow. <laughs> about to fight some Storm Shadow because he has been cast as the lead in the Snake Eyes movie. This will be the, you know, the, the start into the, you know, the new set of G.I. Joe movies. Uh, this could be the Bumblebee of the G.I. Joe franchise. Yeah, seriously. We, we laughed when Bumblebee, and we were pleasantly surprised at how good that was and, and heartfelt that was. So, yeah. Ha- however, they have Bumblebee has a significantly better director than, than, than Snake Eyes. Bumblebee, yeah, Travis Knight. Yeah. Bumblebee had Travis Knight. This has Robert yeah. Schwenke. Yeah, so we'll go ahead and go Travis Knight uh, by a landslide. Oh, yeah, easily. Uh, yeah, but hey, don't disparage Robert Schwenke, directors of such masterpieces as uh, Red and R.I.P.D. and the last two Divergent uh, movies. I'll give you Red. Uh, the other ones out there were very no, no the, very, other, no. the other ones are very are very very awful. But awful, yeah. Uh, Henry Golding as Snake. This is a weird thing for me because what's the one like defining character trait of Snake Eyes? Well, two defining characters of Snake Eyes. 
One, he we don't see his face. Two, I was gonna say he has a yeah. He doesn't speak. Yeah. So what's the point? You can put anybody in there. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Looking like the other GI movie, they had, they had Ray Park. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. But, but either kind way, of a so, st- stupid choice. Yeah. So, are, so like, what, what, how would you? I don't know. Were, were you big into GI Joe growing up, Russell? I I was like. I'd say middle of the road. I, I mean, I, I played with the dolls and I watched the cartoons and stuff like that. But to tell you, like, who's what and you know what I mean, I, I probably couldn't tell you to save my life. Yeah, so I, I was actually pretty big. My dad got me into G.I. Joe because he had, like, a bunch of the old action figures. And Snake Eyes okay. was, Snake Eyes, like a bunch of other kids, was hands down my favorite character. Because the dude okay. was just a plain badass. Yeah. Now, I think you need, like, Henry Golding needs a good action franchise just because, you know. Yeah. He's getting, he's getting to that star power, and like he's getting to that place career where he needs to try. I think seeing him try something like that would be really cool. I don't know if this is the right move. No, I don't either. Especially because, like how we, you know, how you said it's pretty much he doesn't really even talk and or is seen. So you're kind of wasting your kind of wasting your time. Yeah. So uh, who knows? Maybe they'll switch it up. Maybe he will speak. Which I think the I think the purest fans would be really upset about. I'd be fine with. Kind of. Uh, either way, Snake Eyes, Curlus FRA 2020 release. Uh, also, separate, oh, sorry, this is 2021, not 2020. Uh, Mortal Kombat has just added some new some new cast members. Uh, so, in addition to Joe Taslim as Sub Zero, we have our Liu Kang, our Jax, our Raiden, and our Melina. So, Melina, we played by Sissy Stringer. Don't even ask. I don't know who that is. Only only done two things. So, good luck. Uh, playing the role of Jax will be Makad Brooks, who will may recognize from uh, Necessary Roughness, Different Housewives, and most recently his role as Jimmy Olsen in Supergirl, which he's really good. I, I like Makad Brooks as an actor. I think this is a really, really interesting choice, so good for him. Playing the role yeah. of Raiden will be, I'm going to try not to butcher this, Ta- Tadanobu Asano, who you may recognize as Thor's Asian friend from the Thor movies. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, he'll be playing the he'll be playing Raiden and playing the role of Liu Kang will be Power Rangers star Ludi Lin, who played the Black Ranger. Okay. All right, so you hear these cast members. So the ones you know about, which I'm assuming is only Ludi Lin and uh, Tadanobu Asano. Yeah. You know, like what 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 do you think of these, of these castings? I mean, I can see it. I can for sure see it. So it's not completely that far fetched. Um, and again, I mean, th- these are cast, you know, members that are, you know, pretty much kind of well, like not well known at all. So yeah, I, I could see it though. I absolutely could. McCott Brooks, I'll tell you, he- he's, he's gonna, he's gonna, we're, I guarantee we're gonna see him bulk up a little bit because like, yeah. oh yeah, you have he, to, he's lean, he's cut. So he look he looks good, but he's gonna need like those like big, like Jack's biceps, which I, which I think, which I think we'll see him do, especially because when he comes out in 2021. So yeah, I mean, this just this just tells me that we're getting like this much closer to this movie actually happening, which excites me because I have been waiting for a really really great Mortal Kombat movie. Not that I don't like 1995's Mortal Kombat, but yeah, no, for sure, it's it's still the best video game movie ever made. But yeah, yeah I, like, I, I for sure. But yeah, I'm, I'm ready for like a truly like accurate Mortal Kombat movie. I am too, and I'm I'm hoping that this is kind of the you know, foot forward, just like how, you know, we were talking about Tomb Raider, how I, I really enjoyed the, you know, Alicia Vikander uh, Tomb Raider. I'm hoping that this kind of 
really just kind of ups the ante for uh, video game movies going forward, you know? No, yeah, for sure. And this and uh, Mortal Kombat, like I said, set for a 2021 release. Next piece of news, which I think is what's the last good piece of news we have to talk about today. <laughs> uh, a Masters of the Universe sequel series called Masters of the Universe. Oh crap! What is the name? I need to look this up real quick. Masters um, of the Universe Legacy. You're yeah. talking about the one Kevin Smith. That's what I'm. T- that's what I'm talking about. I can't remember. Yeah. yeah. Revelation. Yeah. Revelation. Master Universe Revelation is coming out. Okay. Like you said, Kevin Smith is spearheading this thing. Yeah. Which I think this this is awesome news. I do too, especially because you know you're going to get an enthusiast like uh, Kevin Smith uh, who, who's passionate about you know those types of. Uh, you know, obviously passionate about Star Wars, but passionate about like '80s too, like '80s like He-Man and all that fun stuff. So yeah, I think he he's the perfect person to do this. Now look, I will say, He-Man is, is as a concept, just very silly. Now I would very yeah. much like to see. I hope they don't try to take it too seriously, just because look, it's He-Man. It's a it's a guy in yeah. a speed, it's a guy in a speedo riding a tiger. <laughs> yeah. Can't take it that seriously. But yeah. I feel I feel like Kevin Smith is the right way to go. I feel like he understands how to make this source material work. And apparently it's gonna be an anime, so that's gonna be really odd. I, I I'm also really excited for this. Yeah, I am too because I uh, you know I grew up uh, watching He Man and playing with the cart you know the the figures and watching the cartoons so. And I love Masters of the Universe. I still, still a guilty pleasure of the Dolph, the Dolph Lundgren. Yes, the Dolph Lundgren getting getting whipped in the ass with a red Twizzler. And Frank Langella as Skeletor. Yeah, that's I don't know. It's a guilty pleasure. What can I say? <laughs> maybe maybe we'll get that to be continued. That was never continued. Who knows? I, I'm sure Dolph Lundgren would love that. Uh, not, not gonna lie, I'd be different. I'd be pretty down for Dolph Lundgren to come back and see man. <laughs> but yeah, I. Uh, I really think Kevin Smith's a perfect choice for this, um, and yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to that. The news of that was really uh, really positive news for once in in the world of Hollywood. So yeah, I'm definitely on board with this. Yeah, well, that was supposed to be the last story of, of today because uh, you know one have some really like, awesome positivity, but no, we got three back to back stories that are just awful right now. Well, not just <laughs> some of them are awful. Well, one of them is really awful. One of them is pretty mediocre. One of them is just like, huh. So for the first one is the mediocre news. Uh, we have the, t- the title for Bond 25. That is yeah. No Time to Die. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I'm not big on this title. I'm not either. I think it's kind of stupid. Um, I do. I, I was reading it. This is the fourth time Die has been uh, mentioned in a uh, Bond title. Die, die Another Day, Tomorrow Never Dies. What's the, what's the third? Live and, let die. Live, die. live and let die. Live and let die. Yeah, so it's like, eh. Like, really, you, you, got, you got to go back to die. Come on. I think, yeah, I think we're going to get and, died out from this. But that's yeah. that's the bigger problem. Like, this doesn't sound like a title of a, of a Craig Bond movie. This sounds like a this sounds like a Bond film from, like, the Moore or the Brosnan era. Yeah, what you need to do is even, I would even be okay with, you know, that movie Never Back Down. Bond 25, Never Back Down. There you have it. <laughs> Why not? Done. This Solved one, it. It's better than this. Yeah, seriously. I mean, Bond, like, I don't. Let, let, let's just take like random tiles, make a Bond tiles. Bond twenty five, sleepless in Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> Bond twenty five, Fight Club. You know, like I don't know. Bond, uh. Bond twenty five, man can't jump. <laughs> so here you have it. 
<laughs> yeah, no, th- these are all better titles than not than No Time to Die. Bond twenty five, Brooklyn's finest. <laughs> I don't know. Bond twenty five, oh, Serp- Bond twenty five, Serpico. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, this, this, can, we, we can do this. Bond twenty, Bond twenty five, unlawful entry. <laughs> <laughs> you just easy go. Also, we also. we can do this. We can do this for the rest of the show. Bond twenty five, <laughs> fatal attraction. <laughs> There you go. Bond 25, Lakeview Terrace. Okay. <laughs> this is fun. We got to keep, keep moving. But either way, yeah. Bond 25, not a good title. <laughs> how, how do we know it's not a good title? We keep calling it Bond 25. Bond 25, Booksmart. <laughs> <laughs> you can go. I mean, you can do anything with that. Bond, that's Bond, that's 20, fun. Bond 25, Bad News Bears. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, next, next we're talking about. This is a really, really shitty piece of news. So, uh, after some negotiating and some deals falling through, uh, the Marvel and Sony deal is officially dead for now. Yeah, this is crazy. What does that mean? Well, it means that Feige is no longer producer, and the next Spider-Man movies will be made without the involvement of Marvel Studios, which means Spider-Man is taken right out of the MCU. Yeah, this is uh, this is a stupid move. This is this is kind of a crazy move, and I think. When I was reading a little bit about it, because I was actually kind of curious about it, I think Feige was trying to, I don't know, try to basically meet these different types of terms and conditions in order to keep it going, I guess, apparently, from what I had seen. Yeah, like, Feige and Feige and Disney and Marvel tried to negotiate a deal, but it was, uh, oh, crap, what was, it? what was his name? Well, first of all, Avi Arad, who is notorious for Spider-Man, and uh, Tom Rothman. Who they they were the holdouts who didn't who didn't let this go through, yeah. So either way, this this is on Sony, not on Marvel, and it's fine. I'm gonna send you a picture right now to show you like the artist rendering of what exactly we're looking at with this deal. It's it's, it's uh, Spider Man being yanked. It's Spider Man being yanked away from all the yeah. Events. Seriously, he doesn't get well, to play. Fighting. He doesn't get to play in the playground anymore. No, he actually has to go to his room. He has to go home and do his homework. He had to go do his chores, but yep. yeah, like what? What is Sony thinking? Because uh, what, they aren't. Because like no one with a brain can tell you. Oh, logically, because of this, and it makes sense. Like you look at it, like spite like Spider Man now, central figure in the MCU. Spider Man Far From yeah. Home, people love it, and the first Spider Man to make a billion dollars. People love yeah, all of Spider Man and how he interacts with this universe. Yeah, that on top of it, you have Tony Stark almost passing the baton down to uh, Peter Parker. So this is, yeah, this is really, yeah, this is really random. Yeah, this this might be the dumbest move Sony's ever made as a studio. And given that it's Sony, <laughs> that's saying a lot. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and like the, and I think the reason is because the, <laughs> if there's any reason to hate this movie more, the reason is Venom. Venom proved that they can make a Spider-Man movie profitable. Without Spider-Man. So, like, oh, what if we actually God. had Spider-Man? God damn it. <laughs> Fucking Venom. Fucking Venom. <laughs> Fucking Venom, man. Uh, this, shit comes, this shit comes back. Well, yeah, so... But the thing, thing I think is going to happen... Well, first of all, they're saying a deal could be struck. I highly doubt it, because Sony's a bunch of fucking morons. But the, the what I think is going to happen is Sony's going to learn real quick... That they need Marvel more than Marvel needs them. 
Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised you end up seeing something like maybe a week or so down the road. Yeah. Yeah, like I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I also wouldn't be surprised if like if, like they if they ax out the guys who to shut this deal down in the first place. Yeah, seriously. But either way, yeah. So uh, apparently, no more Spider-Man in the MCU for now, but probably forever. <laughs> this news is awful. And yeah, this is just not 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 smart. It, I just you can't can't explain it from a business standpoint. Like, this makes this makes no sense from any angle you go at it with. Yeah, yeah, not, this, not a good one. Uh, this is this is uh, okay. Yeah, Sony, you know Sony. They, uh, some somebody turned the Sony dumbass clock back to zero because they just expired it. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, just, they they reset the clock on themselves. Uh, so. Uh, next piece of news, actually the last piece of news, which is fitting that this dropped today. Uh, we are apparently finally getting Matrix 4. Uh, and I think it's because of the vote that you guys uh, did on our Facebook group, Notorious by Chance, cheap plug, uh, for the 20th anniversary of films. And you had us review Matrix. Hollywood heard you and said, you know what? Hold my beer. Good, we're yeah. going to do Matrix 4. Yeah, good good, good job, dickhead. <laughs> now we're getting Matrix 4. <laughs> Uh, yes. Yeah, so Carrie Ann Moss and Keanu Reeves decided to reprise their roles as Neo and Trinity. How exactly? Oh, I have no idea. Spoiler, spoiler alert for Matrix Three. And, uh, yeah, this is uh, a prequel. Oh, I hope not. This that would be the most be the most uninteresting prequel I've ever seen. Uh, seriously. And also, uh, Lana Wachowski of the Wachowski not sisters is set to write and direct. So yeah, Matrix Four. Russell, what do you think? I mean, Revolutions was just trash, man. Oh, so bad. So bad. It was really bad. We're, we're, we're going to have to look at that. It's been a while since I've watched re, re, that. Reloaded isn't very good either. What that, but that highway scene, man. That the, highway, the, the highway scene is great. I'll give you that. It's amazing. Um, I think that was the saving grace in that film. Um, then you really started to get confusing with like the Oracle and all those other things. Oracle, um, the, the architect. Or the architect, yeah. You start getting really muddled and confusing. Um, then you're like, you have no idea what the hell's going on and it just becomes not fun to watch. And, you know, especially when you kill off, Tr- I mean, Trinity, we'll end up talking about obviously Carrie Ann Moss uh, coming up here soon, but, we're, we're uh, gonna talk, we're gonna yeah, talk about all, we're going to talk about all of this in just a second here. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's, I don't know. I, 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 I don't see how they can possibly do this. It doesn't make any sense. Um, I think we should just let it die. Let's just celebrate the fact that we got the 1999 film, The Matrix, and just be happy with that. But also, like, you don't have to let it die. The thing about the Ma- the cool thing about the Matrix is there are so many things you can do, you, you can do with this with the property in this franchise that you well, don't look have at the to, look at the, 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 the animated cartoon. The yeah, Matrix. yeah, the Matrix. Yep, it was yep. probably like the second, like the first or second best Matrix movie, and that had yeah. virtually nothing to do with anything else. So, like, why not just do like? A spin-off story inside the Matrix. I don't. You, without you can do so many things in this universe without having to go back to Matrix Four. Yeah, I mean, plus you introduce so many characters that, I mean, the world the world's pretty much at your fingertips there. You know, you, you you've introduced so many different characters throughout the uh, the trilogy. So now you can kind of go wh- whatever direction you want with it. You know. Yeah. Well, either way, uh, let's just stop burying the lead and let's get into the actual review. Hey, this is bullshit. Let's talk about the Matrix. Uh, so the major came out in 1999, and this movie, this movie was massive. Like it was. I remember seeing it opening night. 
I I remember seeing it when I was way too young to watch it. Man, I feel this is where the age discrepancy plays its <laughs> rears its ugly head. I think the the age gap between you and I is how old I was. I think when it came out, almost. All right. Because let's see, I was about sixteen. Oh damn, you're right. Yeah, it's pretty damn close because I'll be thirty six next month, and what you're twenty one. Yeah. There you have it. Wow. Okay. So either way, uh, yeah, the majors came out directed by the then Wachowski brothers. Yes. And yeah, it just it just struck like a massive massacre with the audience. It was a huge cultural touchdown. Oh, it was huge. But does it quite hold up today? Let's uh, let's let's talk about it. So we we will dive into it. We will dive in. So we open we open up in an era of cinema where the color green ruled the world for some reason. As we see that some secret agents show up to this whole this crime scene type thing. How do we know they're not secret agents? <laughs> How do we know they're secret agents? Because they wear sunglasses at night. Because yeah, they mean, can. Because on. they can. Absolutely. Maybe the Matrix is very... I don't know. They're, in, <laughs> they're inside searching for, for a woman by the name of Trinity, who is played by Carrie Ann Moss. Part- ah, she's awesome. She partakes in effects that, at the time, were cool, but now it just seem kind of just weird as Like he does the whole like jumps, like spin around thing. That was, you know what though. And speaking from somebody who saw it, and I think a lot of the some of the people that voted uh, for this, I noticed were like kind of like the old, like not older, but like around my age. Um, we can appreciate this because this was revolutionary in filmmaking at, at this point because you didn't really see this type of filmmaking that the Warkowskis kind of like threw out here. At that, especially with that like stop freeze frame, you know, and like pan the camera around. Is that what you're talking about? Like almost yeah, exactly. spinning it? Yeah. Exactly. Um, this was this was revolutionary for filmmaking. A lot of the things that we'll be talking about even later on with the um, uh, bullet time and all that other stuff uh, we'll end up talking about. But a lot of this stuff was revolutionary for special effects. And keep in mind, this is only two years past or post, I should say, Titanic. So keep in mind, you know, with the Titanic special effects and how awesome that looked we were able to just take it up a little bit more and do some cool things with like fight scenes and stuff like that um, in the Matrix. So yeah, this was definitely revolutionary. Um, it does look a little different now, having you know obviously seeing it twenty years uh, since its release. But I still think it feels like it holds up a little bit to me, at least. Maybe that's just because I'm stupid and I just want to believe in the nostalgic factor of things. Like I mean, <laughs> you know it, I mean? It, it is a cool effect. I'm yeah. not sure if it's done to show that her legs look good from it from any angle, which, to be fair, they do. Yeah, oh, She's a badass in this film. I think she is probably one of my favorite parts of this film, I would say. Really? Interesting. I, I, I think Trinity, honestly, and this I, – I, I'll just I'll throw this out here. I think maybe you can probably echo that in there too. At a time when we really didn't have a female like main you – know, main cast, like a main like hero or whatever, um, obviously you know we had um, – you know, Alien, you know, we had Ripley, and we had a little bit here and there, but we didn't really have that female badass character going into the 90s, really. I think, you know, the the one that stands out is obviously Nev Campbell's Scream as the female hero. Well, you also but had, outside, you also had that, Sarah Connor. And Sarah Connor, but outside of that, though, we didn't really see it very much is the thing, you know what I mean? And I think this was a kind of a milestone turning the century um, into, you know, the, the Y2K, so to speak. Um, I think this was huge in that perspective because it gave women that kind of like badass vibe because, you know, Carrie Ann Moss was Trinity and just she was busy being, you know, being a female and kicking ass and, and just looking badass doing it, you know? 
yeah, but anyway, so she gets she gets away from the cops and the agent through some effects that really don't hold up that well. That diving one, especially. Good God. No, no. Some of that stuff does look, and I I don't think the Wachowskis really. Yeah, they. Yeah, I can see how that took a little hit. Twenty years. Yeah, she also she told she comes to told to get to a phone that all as that's her only exit to get out of the matrix. Now, here's the thing. Have you ever wondered if, like, one time the ringing phone wasn't an exit, but instead just a wrong number? You'd be like, hello? Hello? Uh, I'm trying to get out of here. Who is this? Are you satisfied with, order... with the KO package? What? Oh, shit. Never mind. Uh, did you order? Your, your pizza's ready. Uh, you called an hour and a half ago. <laughs> no, I need to get out of here. <laughs> I, 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 can just, I, can just, I can just imagine that. I think be... I, I'm surprised, like, that wasn't, like, made like a fan video, like a fan edit. You absolutely could. Now that I think about it, I thought that was kind of corny. And then the other thing that I think later on we'll talk about is how long it takes for us to pick the fucking phone up to answer it, to transport ourselves back. Oh, no, we'll definitely get, yeah. we'll get to that yeah. later in the we'll, movie. We'll talk about that later. I just I, I noticed that. I'm like, oh, my God, we get it. The phone's ringing. Okay. Anyway. Yes, yeah, so anyways, we then cut to our main character, Neo, played by Keanu Reeves, a hacker who's about to realize his unit is staying indoors on his computer about to make him a badass action hero as well as the messiah and i tell you what honestly this is the first resurgence of the of the career of keanu reeves keanu. well here's the thing in the 90s, his career wasn't really like his career was actually it pretty wasn't, good in the 90s yeah but if you look at this the way that this movie kind of catapulted him back in i think yeah. was it was something different well because like because like, like after because like he had point break for the speed then he took a little break this is, this is his first major hit in a couple of years that's why I kind of want to call it like the first. I, I almost call okay, it like the first, re, the first resurgence. I mean, obviously we have the John Wick as the second kind of re, revitalization of his career. That's fair. Anyway, he's t- he's told on his computer to follow the White Rabbit, and yeah. some people show some people show up to his door. I don't exactly know what he does, but he's giving like some like encoded disc or something. Yeah, he was doing. Yeah, doing listening to his CD player, folks. That's right, a CD player. CD player. As we get, as we see, uh, you know, the first step of what is one of the biggest problems in the movie, uh, hammer hammered over the head metaphors. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the dude literally comes out and says, "You're my savior, man. My own personal Jesus Christ." <laughs> I was like, "Wow, you you just said it." Yeah, how about the white rabbit? How about that? Oh yeah, you like, didn't think you were gonna the the girl. But you didn't with, think you were gonna see that clue. The girl he's with has like a white rabbit tattoo. But back to the whole the personal savior Jesus Christ thing. Just like <laughs> like the the film literally spelled out that he was the Messiah. And keep in mind, there are several books that were published that talk about the philosophy of the Matrix. My question well, is, even like, even what did they say at that point? Well, even the word Neo is, is, is it spells one anagram letters. Yeah, so I mean you can you can look at it every every which way. They they really hit you over the head with it. They really do. So he goes so Neo then follows this group to a club that I'm pretty sure Blade is about to shoot up. As he and that's where he meets Trinity. Cue some uh, I believe uh, Rob Zombie. Oh Rob Zombie does play at this point. Yep. Yep. Uh, but anyway, so <laughs> Uh, she basically tells him that he's in da- that he's in danger, that she's apparently is also like a really big hacker. Mm-hmm. And she's also like, she's a really big hacker. She tells him like, I know why you're hard to sleep, why you live alone, why not tonight you sit at your computer. He's a dork. 
<laughs> um, he's single. The, I don't. <laughs> the answer is very easy. <laughs> he wants to be. If that's the criteria, I, yeah. I, I know a couple people who, who could be you know, "quote unquote" the one. Oh well, shit! I could have been the one back in my <laughs> high school days and my uh, college days. Yeah, absolutely. So cut to the next day. We see Neo meeting with his boss, who pretty much gives him every uh, every you know, you're different and that's bad speech we've ever seen in a movie. Literally, yeah. you can literally just like cut and paste clips from random movies, and you won't miss a thing. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is the pretty much go your own way speech. Raw, raw. Uh, this is where the he has. Our, our character gets the epiphany, wait a minute, I'm not meant to do this. I'm meant to do something bigger, so... Yeah. And, I, and I hope in no way your dad's to be a different drum saves all of humanity one day. I got a, <laughs> I got, I got a bet going. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this scene also cracked me up, because the next one, like, a, a guy delivers a package to him. We find out his name, his real name is Thomas Anderson. Yeah, which I, I, I appreciate that one, this, too. <laughs> the thing is, like... The the fate of all of humanity less in the hands of a guy named Tom. Yeah, it wasn't that. Um, I keep thinking. I always think of Mister Anderson from Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, I think like, his name was Tom Anderson, wasn't it? I think so. But also, the neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know he was of the name Neo, but that's what everyone call. That's what everyone calls him. But it just kind of sucks out the epic, doesn't it? The fate of yeah. all mankind is in the hands of a guy named Tom. All, yep. What would Tom do? All praise yeah. our savior, Tom. <laughs> WWTD, baby. <laughs> yes, I, 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 know, I know Neo is an anagram for one, but, but Tom is an anagram for OMT. Oh, my Tom. Yeah. Oh, my Tom. Uh, so anyways, he gets a, he opens the package inside the phone from, Morf, from you know, and he gets a call, he gets a call from Morpheus. And yes. he sees that the agents and the cops are looking for him. So he's like, okay, cubicle across from you is empty. Go go in there. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Which inherently doesn't make any sense because like wait a minute. Like all the advanced program is matrix and they're and they're thwarted by a cubicle door. Yeah, that's that 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 part does kind of confuse you. And on top of it, it's like, well, you can see him in that building. How can't you just pull him like like have a phone ring, or you know what I mean, or just have something happen to where you can just transport them. And also, like his his code his code is still there. So can't, yeah. can't you just run like a code Google search for Tom and find him that way? Yeah, I I don't I don't understand. I mean, I, I get it. They want to add a little suspense, like cat little literally. This is like a cat and mouse uh, game here that they they play here at the beginning of the film. He goes he goes around the entire office. He's told to jump <laughs> to go on a scaffolding inside the window. And climbing the top of the building, he's like, you know what? Screw that noise. <laughs> just, I just want to – he's like, you know what? Fuck it. I want to get caught. It was funny that I had to watch that, like, having seen this because it's been a while since I've seen it. I'm like, what a wimp. He didn't even go out. He went out to the scaffold, dropped his phone. He's like, you know what? I'm over it. I'm good. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead. And I'm just going to – I'm going to go – I'm going to take the time to go back in and get caught. <laughs> okay. It's like you're right there. Like, just go. Go the extra couple – couple feet you wore from the scaffold like i'm like seriously and speaking of the observancy of these agents uh they go outside they get they got they have neo they go they go outside put him in the car and trinity is right there agent smith by the way weaving looks right at her yeah and doesn't do anything yeah he's like well we still have two and two hours and ten minutes left oh can't get can't catch her now yeah, we gotta wait. We gotta wait a little bit. We're gonna draw this out a little bit. So it goes interrogation room where they're trying to find this information. This information. They believe that he. Well, they know that he's been contacted by Morpheus. 
so it's yeah. actually pretty horrifying scene. They shut they shut his mouth. They use code to like gum his mouth shut. Yeah, which because I guess uh, Neo or Mr. Anderson was uh, talking about how he he still needs his one phone call, and Agent Smith's like, well, how will you be able to talk when you your mouth's shut? And then that's where he kind of does that. And it's really, it's actually a really cool scene. It is. Yeah, they also like shove this like thing inside his belly button. Which oh yeah, of course. Also horrifying. Yes, because when in the Matrix, get things jammed in your belly button. Oh yeah, this, this isn't the only this isn't the only time someone gets something shot in their belly in their, in their belly button. We'll get to that later. This is true. Uh, but anyway, so he gets, miraculously somehow back into his in his apartment. He gets a call from Morpheus. He says the line. He said this line is tapped. So I don't got much time. Meet me here, here, and here. You just said the line was tapped. Shit, they can hear us. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, because here's the thing. I, the, the thing with uh, wiretapping, the, the phone, you, you have to be on a conversation for X amount of seconds. I think him saying that, I, I think, because the way it worked, I, I, from what I'm gathering, because from what I've seen, even with movies in general, the, you know, they have to have a certain amount of time that they're talking to somebody in order before they can actually trace it. But isn't, yeah, you know but isn't I mean? that just, just like to trace your phone? It's like, to, but like a, a wiretap. Well, 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 this is a bug. So, I mean, I'm guessing if it's bug, they can hear it no matter what. So, yeah, Ex- that exactly. does make no sense. <laughs> so, yeah. So, <laughs> he's giving the location to the bad guys. Yeah, I don't understand. What are you doing, Morpheus? He, he gives the location to a tap phone. The agents somehow don't show up. Surprise! Surprise! <laughs> they sh- they're they're as uh, they're as good as uh, stormtroopers shooting. In this they, re- <laughs> they really are. <laughs> she, she had the stormtroopers first, the agents. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so we start to start to meet uh, you know part of part of this other this other crew of people as they use this like big like suction thing. Oh, first of all, they say like, okay, you're going we're going one of two ways, our way or the highway, and he gets out of the Ooh. car. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, I'm just gonna take the highway. He's like, I. Trey's just like, you've seen that road, you know where it leads. I imagine Keanu. I imagine Keanu was look was looking at. I imagine Keanu saw like Johnny Mnemonic and Constantine. Yeah. yeah. All these all these other movies. He's like, well, doesn't that road lead to the good Chinese restaurant that I just ordered from the other night? He's like, you know what? Fine, I'll I'll, I'll go with you guys. I suppose and, I'll tag along. Why not? This is this is the part where they where they where they extract the thing from his from his stomach. Yeah. And he's like and rather than, you know, I don't know, be in pain or you know, react, he's just like, That thing real Yeah, I, I can say like having watched The Matrix again, like Keanu Reeves acting and dialogue is awful um in the film. Yeah. Like he's just so he's so one tone. And we can we can talk about this right now. We talked yeah. a little. We talked a, a few episodes back about like Will Smith made a video on why he turned down the Matrix. Yeah, and the reason I said that he actually would have been an improvement on on the thing is because yeah, the way Neo's written and the way he's directed, he doesn't yeah. have much of a personality. No, he's very one tone. Like I said, he's very vanilla, very plain. Um, and but that's what you get with Keanu Reeves. I mean, that's the type of actor that he is. Well, no, but like, um, he, he'd be like you know, something like Speed or Point Break. He wasn't like that. He had some charisma. He had some personality. Even like, like Bill bit, and Ted, yeah. like, like the replacements. It's just like he he was directed this movie not to have one, and, and it's not just him. Like that's for most characters in this movie. 
but I was going to say, but that was like stereotypical of a Keanu Reeves role pretty much though. You know, that, whoa, you know, like kind of just like one tone, you know, it was. and that's what we've seen even after the matrix and stuff like that. That's how he was pretty much one tone after that. Yeah. And the reason I say like Will Smith might improve this movie a little bit is because Neo's only ever going to have much personality as the actor you have to play him. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And I think, you know, Will Smith and we could even say, you know, even with, you know, his uh, reprisal of the genie, how he can add that charismatic, you know, uh, personality into a role. I think he would have done this completely would have been like night and day, literally. And I think he would have been it would have been really kind of fun to see him in this film. Yeah, I mean, it would have been interesting. And it would have. I mean, would it would it would it have done? I mean, of course, he was big in the '90s. So, would it have done the, the type of numbers it did with? Uh, or would it have done bigger numbers? Who knows? But either way, uh, we go we go to a warehouse where he meets Morpheus, one of like the icons of this movie, who is the leader of this kind of you know group of like resistance people. Yes. This, this is the most infamous scene in the movie. Neo is given a choice. He says, what? No. <laughs> Take the blue pill. He goes back to his normal life, and I'm assuming have he has an erection that. Shouldn't last longer than four hours. If not, if he does, he has to get all his doctor. He should, see, he should see a doctor or run out into the snow and jump into it without pants on. <laughs> or take the red <laughs> pill and see how deep the <laughs> rabbit hole goes. Yep. So he elects he elects to take the red pill. Of course. <laughs> that would have been funny if he just, ed- he just ate the blue pill up the end. <laughs> it it would have been funnier if he was colorblind and didn't know which He's one like, he chose. He's like, dude, they're both black. What do I do? <laughs> I don't know which is which. Uh, uh, I'm a lefty, so I'm going to go with the left hand. He's like, I don't know. Perf, perf, you're in. Oh, crap, I just used the blue. It's too late. Oh, oh we got to drop you off. No, I didn't mean to. Uh, but anyway, so he goes this he goes this mirror effect. Why a mirror is the way out of the Matrix, I'm not entirely sure. I think that was just a workhouse. He's kind of tooting their own horn for the special effects. They were they were kind of, you know what I mean, that they were kind of starting to put in revolutionizing films. Yeah, so Neo gets T one thousand out of out of the Matrix to find the shocking truth. That's what. Yep. Machines have taken over the world. What? No. Yeah. So he's so he's discovered before before he can be discovered and put back in. He's shot out of like a water slide tube type of thing. Yeah. Weird, considering a, a robot literally looks right fucking at him. Do yeah, anything. which is yeah yeah. Which is completely. You're talking about when he wakes up into that like yes, uh, that that like whatever they're like breeding their their uh, species into. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, he he's he's waking up out of the matrix. He's exploded out of like this, this tube thing. Looks like a water slide. Probably made a fun ride. <laughs> but oh, absolutely. And he's and he's picked up by Morpheus. Which begs the question: Are there really no guards out there? Yeah, they, they. He was able to leave very quickly. Yeah, like could, couldn't couldn't the Nebuchadnezzar be there for like weeks, days, maybe even years, picking up more people, <laughs> more people for their army? You would think. Uh, but anyways, he <laughs> he he exits. He re, he sees the real world. We see bald, hairless Keanu. I'm not sure pull that off. I'm assuming they just dipped him like head first in there. <laughs> because the the dude is hairless. Like he's he's like he's like a dolphin. Yeah, he's like an ugly baby. <laughs> uh, he looks like an ugly albino baby. Match we do get pretty funny visuals, like the Keanu acupun- acupuncture. It's actually kind of oh, yeah, it's just yeah, funny to yeah. look at. 
So Neo and Morpheus go back to the Matrix on a set where I'm assuming most TV commercials take place. As yeah. Neo finds out the truth of what happened. So we find out that, yeah, like, like I said, machines rose up, enslaved mankind. Man, people are not born anymore. They're grown. And they're grown from, you know, in tube like that. Man destroyed the sky, which... Is that this whole backstory is actually going to a lot deeper in the Animatrix. The whole, like, section dedicated to how how the Matrix got started. Was it almost, like, curiously, because of, like, all the talk of all that, was was it its own form of, like, kind of, like, revelation in the Bible? Yeah, there's kinda, like, probably is. Just because I'm thinking, because, you know, the end of world, the end of mankind and stuff like that in the last book of the Bible, Revelations. Because yeah, you know how they have a lot of, like, uh, uh, I guess not... Um, Christianity type based, you know what I mean? Analogies in this in this film, you know what I mean? There's a lot of you know oh. parallels between that. Oh yes, I've noticed. So th- th- that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking maybe that whole thing is maybe kind of like not not synonymous with, but kind of like a uh, foreshadowing or kind of like uh, what the hell do I want to say? Symbolism for symbolism, metaphor, um, allegory, metaphor for for revelations. Uh, that, that's just kind of what I'm thinking, maybe. Yeah, we find out that, ma- that mankind are kept into you know, tubes that. Are that basically it's to be used as batteries. This yeah. is this is maybe the biggest problem with this movie. Why? Yeah. Because the the machine plan inherently makes no sense. They want it. They want to call the best to use us for like batteries, right? Yeah. So why even make a matrix? Like why not just like bottomize us or something? Because like, why would they benefit from making a dream world for their batteries? Yeah, I mean just just yeah yeah. Kind of what you said. Just, just do, do cut out the middleman and just, just harvest these people. Like if they, if they want, to, if they want just like like living batteries, it make more sense to use like cows or something. Yeah, but if you cut out the matrix, and you can kind of just harvest these people, and then they know you can really mold them in any way you really want to, you know, without them ever knowing a, a another reality, you know. Yeah. So what I what I think this was, is I have a feeling that they want to do something where it's like humans are like a mass like interconnected network, you know, like like make like the internet type of thing. Basically, yeah, but, I can see I feel, that. Like, but I feel like the studio thought that was too complicated, so it was like, I'll just say they're batteries. Like the Matrix is like the server, so to speak, exactly uh, of the of the of the internet or whatever. Yeah, that can that can make sense too. And it's and like another, it's like um, it's like a mind share between between everybody. But another movie that I kind of got a little bit of similarities with, not really, but just a, a little bit, was Inception. Kind of, kind of, just with a whole different, just with like you know what I'm saying with getting tapped into different worlds and stuff like that i i, I kind of thought maybe that's where maybe nolan got a little bit of his um uh i guess motivation behind inception kind of just you know a little bit yeah well that and paprika an anime movie which if you want to know you want to know like hey this seems, this seems familiar yeah paprika basically yeah it's basically inception inception is paprika okay okay oh we also got to mention neo meets his the entire crew we already got trinity morpheus Switch, Apoc, Tank, Dozer, I think is the other guy. And uh, what, Cypher? Ma- Mouse, Mouse, and Cypher. May as well yeah. say, these, these are your apostles for the evening. Try to guess which one is your juice. Yeah. Just base it on actor, you'll be able to get it. <laughs> yeah, ba- exactly. Seriously, you'll base it on, if you know the actor, it won't be a surprise. Yeah, so, Neo, surprise, surprise, it doesn't take the fact that his that his. Re- Lies entirely. It doesn't take that too well. Yeah. 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 He reacts violently. We find out that we also find out that Tank and Razor are actually they actually were not born in the Matrix. They're actually children of the last human city. 
which is Zion, which we don't see in this movie. Yeah, they're they're natural. That's why they don't have any like connection. Like you can't see any holes in which, them. They're, which is why they can't go into the matrix because they can't. There's nothing to plug in. So there you have it. Yeah, it's actually real. It's actually a really interesting idea with, with with these guys. What's worth like Tank might be might be my favorite character in the movie. I wish we would have explored a little bit about that though. You know what I mean? We got a little bit about you know Zion and and. And I and I get they do talk a little bit about it. I'm pretty sure what in Reloaded and Revolutions. Well, but well, we, Reload, feel, Reloaded Revolutions. We actually go to Zion. We go to Zion. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, but they gave you just enough. I wish they would have explored it just a little bit. I mean, and better, I should say, in this movie. I wish they would have explored that a little bit. Yeah, we had to wait for the display payoff of two more movies to find out what Zion was. Yeah, we had to wait four years for back-to-back shit movies. Uh, so Neo goes back into the Matrix. We find out. They pretty much have these like laid like chips that can teach you mm-hmm. basically anything you want to know. So Neo starts to learn. He starts to learn combat, and we get of course one of the Keanu signature lines. I know Kung Fu. <laughs> no, the world comes Whoa. later. Whoa. World comes later. We'll get to that. <laughs> now we now we then get into one of my favorite scenes in the movie. This is oh, Neo this is Neo versus Morpheus. Now this act just really, yeah. well, I like to see it really showcases. The choreography that went that went into this, because like Keanu, oh, the choreography, yeah. Keanu prior to this, he was not a martial arts guy, but no. you know, but like this goes to show you like the type of like commitments and type of work he was willing to put in for a role, like because like even even like for like a John Wick movie where we hear all about like the training Keanu literally all yeah. the time, with with this uh, with this on the other hand, like this is like a really early example of that. And and we had a nice like slim and in shape Lawrence Fishburne too because if, if you would see later movies he gained a little bit a little bit of extra weight probably little, couldn't do he it. got a little heavier got got a little pudgier I don't think he could do kung fu anymore um, but yeah this really showcases what the Wachowskis I, I love this sparring scene between Morpheus and Neo um, you can really get a good sense of the you know just it's just the fighting and everything it really puts you into it and it's really awesome I mean I love this scene yeah but. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, the, the fight. I mean, it's shot in a way where like it's frenetic, but you can see what's happening. And funny enough, uh, the John the John Wick guys, uh, Chas and David Leach, they they doubled for Keanu on these movies, and oh, they were so that and makes, they were they okay. part of the stunt team. Oh, and you, that makes you can sense, like really you yeah. can see the influence of yeah. you can see the influence of these guys of that these guys had that went into like later films. What I think is really I still love. Yeah, that makes sense too. I, I love the scene when Neo's kind of using the, walking up the beam and then does that flip over, and that's when Morpheus hits him in the chest. I yes. think he kicks him in the chest. Does he kick him in the chest or he punches him in the chest? <laughs> he, he, he kicks him. He kicks like, him. Yeah. I, I thought the was just fly. like, wow, all, yeah. all that work if you just get like pounded like a bitch. <laughs> yeah, because it was like one of those things where like it was like the wow factor. It's like, oh my god, he's like doing this like overhead somersault or whatever, and it's like. He lands, and then all of a sudden Morpheus goes boom, and just like he wails on him. But this scene here is just so fun, man. And yeah, like how you said, just the way that they had to choreograph and set that up would have taken so much time and effort and um, commitment on the actors' parts. Yes, um, but then you, you, you really, did, yeah. really, really well constructed scene. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so they then go into the next part of the realizing that you know because he has he knows this matrix because he knows this. Matrix. The rules technically don't apply to him. This is where we get the signature Keanu. Whoa. <laughs> and with that, all, all targets of my career be taken seriously are out the, are out the window. 
<laughs> yeah, way to go, guys. Although he he did come back from the well. Thank, yeah, he did. Thank thanks to someone else who actually worked on the. Thank you, Chastahelski. <laughs> Uh, so we find out that the Matrix basically operates on Toontown logic. So <laughs> he can go around, jump, run, and he'll basically not be hurt. I'm not even kidding. He tries to between buildings, falls down, and like he literally jumps up like a cartoon. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and then the next scene in the movie, well, first of all, we get a quick one where a Sentinel, which is like the hunter-killer version of the robots, are, look, are looking for them. And apparently, they have an EMP on the ship, which like which Neo is just like EMP. Legendary and Paul's like at that point. I'm like, okay, even I know what that means. I, like, keep in mind, you also have to be reminded what AI was earlier in the film. So it's just like, okay, how is this going to be the savior of humanity when he doesn't even know like basic terms? Yeah, seriously. It's it's just a little. It's, it's, it's very interesting writing on this part. So this is the scene, this is the scene we were talking about a little earlier. He gets down with Cypher, played by Joe, Joey Pants. Joe Pantoliano. Yeah, Joey Pants, absolutely. Yeah, so, you know, we see that he's having, he has been having some doubts about it. So he's just like, why did I take the blue pill? And yeah, in the very next scene, surprise, this is our Judas. He is meeting with an agent who, he tells him that he will give him the he will give him everybody as long as when he gets put back to the Matrix, he's a famous actor. Something yeah. Like, that's what you want to be like, famous actor. Yeah, I think we could have, like, probably made that storyline a little bit better. Yeah, sure. But, like, at the same time, what a shock. The angry, the guy who always plays the angry Italian is playing the angry Italian. Yeah. Because what he was like that in, um, uh, wasn't he like that in, um, uh, Memento too. Memento, the Goonies, Memento, the Risky yeah, Business. The Goonies. Yeah, he's been like so. It's pretty much Joey Pants is in the movie. He's probably a bad guy. Probably. I can't remember last time I saw Joey Pants play a good guy. Yeah. If it's ever happened. Is it seriously? Yeah. So uh, they go on to the next day. We see that uh, Walt in the Matrix eating steak and all that. They get to eat what looks like cream of wheat. Yeah. Yeah, we also this another like more another clever metaphor in the movie. This this character Mouse gets maybe like six lines in the entire movie. <laughs> He's just like you know, like I like how how does a machine machine program to tell you what something tastes like, right? But how does yeah. a machine know what something tastes like? Yeah. Like for example, That's if true. if I had Russell in a Matrix and he was yeah. eating chicken, but I didn't know what chicken tasted like. How would I yeah, know so. what to tell Russell that what he was eating tasted like? Yeah, seriously, because he has no prior experience to eating chicken or knowing what it tastes like. So yeah, that's kind of skewed too. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a little clever. Yeah. yeah. Now, also after that, everybody is inserted back into the Matrix very, very inconspicuously. I'm mad. <laughs> everyone's wearing like, everyone's wearing like all leather and like black coats. So yeah, you. You blend in perfectly. I was gonna say that really started popularizing the uh, leather uh, trench coats, though. Leather trench coats and sunglasses. Oh yeah, sunglasses. Oh yeah, the uh, leather coats were big, big because of that. Yeah, as we get the only time they attempt to give Tom personality, where he pa- they pass a restaurant, he's like, "I used to eat there. <laughs> they have really good noodles. Good for, good good, for you. Good for you. Tom. <laughs> good for you." 
but anyway, they, t- they take him to see a figure called the Oracle. Or see a bunch of other prospects who might, who may or may not be the one. It's almost like an open audition for possible one uh, auditions, I guess. Basically. And honestly, well, for, well, first of all, before, before we go here, we see that first of all, these people are so advanced that they watch videos, they watch shows of giant bunny rabbits on TV. Yeah. And we also get what I think is maybe the most clever metaphor of the movie. He talks to like a bald kid. Is that the, the there is no spoon scene? Like he's bending, like he's bending a spoon any yeah. way he wants. He's just like, try not to focus on bending the spoon. Try to remember that there, instead that there is no spoon. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the more clever metaphors in the entire movie. In yeah. that it's really this is the one time where they're not beating you over the head with symbolism. Yeah, it's true. And, and after this, he goes to meet the Oracle, who honestly might be my character of the entire movie. <laughs> Why? Because it feels like it really does feel like she's been elevated to a higher plane. Yeah, a higher plane of actually having a personality. Yeah, that and just like you could just tell like this person's like wise and all knowing and yeah. So you kind of you're kind of invested a little bit more with what she says. Yeah. Yeah. So we find out that <laughs> find out that uh, she sees all future. She's a program who is also a psychic. You know that popular computer program yeah uh uh yeah we he apparently sees that everybody who morbius believes to be the one and it turns out that neo surprise surprise not the one what (laughs) (laughs) there we go we're getting getting fancy on this show yeah, so we, you know, we see he's not the one, and you know, he, has, he pretty much has to go off and has to go off and just live this kind of lie, or or yeah. find, find the true one. Yeah. Uh, so Neo exits. He's just and Morbius tells him, "Whatever, whatever the Oracle told you is for your ears and yours alone." She said, "Not the one." I didn't hear that. What did you she say? Said, she said you're gonna die. What? I didn't hear that. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Stop talking. Stop it! Stop it, Neo. <laughs> uh, so, so anyway, we, we continue on. We see that uh, they're about they're about to exit the Matrix when Neo sees deja vu, which is apparently yes. code for a glitch in the Matrix when something has changed. Yeah, because he, I believe, he saw what a cat. He saw a cat do the same motion like twice. Yeah, which is a glitch in the Matrix. Yeah. So. Uh, so they they go in. They find out that uh, the building they were in, they thought was a safe house, has apparently been shut off. As this is pretty much like the epitome of like of Cipher's betrayal. Yeah. Uh, Mouse Mouse gets killed. Which, by the way, if you if you die in the Matrix, you die for real. Because you know. Yeah. We, we, Once we your also, brains. Yeah. yeah. We also see that like you know the scene earlier where like Neo like spits up a little blood. He's just like, how does it make any sense? Like it's not real. Your brain makes it real. Yeah. So essentially, it, essentially, if you die in the Matrix, you you kill your mind. Yeah, almost kind of like I mean, not not really, but I was gonna say like on Nightmare on Elm Street, if you die in a dream, you die in real life, kind of thing. No, basically, it's, almost. It's, 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 it's <laughs> kind of like that. Yeah. So yeah, they they escape they escape through a wall, but of course, Cipher sneezes to give away their position. An agent comes in, which by the way, we forgot to mention, agents are apparently these programs that can basically be anywhere at any time. 
and they can morph into other people too. Which which is exactly how they're also nobody yeah. ever, nobody's ever survived an encounter with age because they're fast as hell and can dodge bullets. Yeah, plus they can just pretty much shape shift and take take the form of anything that's around them. So yes. or anybody that's around them, I should say. We yes. Also, only an hour and twenty minutes to finally get some gunplay. Yeah, it's worth it though. This back uh, back half of the film man, is pretty uh, pretty badass. Yeah, it is. We see, we see an agent start to take hold of Neo. We see Morpheus let out a pretty silly scream before going through the wall. This is true. <laughs> so he goes like, ah! and then just goes through. <laughs> and not gonna lie, we see him fighting basically his asshole by an agent, which a lot of the badassery, because there's a scene where he, like, his head slams into a toilet, a lot of the badassery of Morpheus is taken out when you see his head slam into a toilet like a drunk college student. Yeah, it's like, dude, you're supposed to be badass. Like, the, like you were like sparring Neo and like doing all that stuff. It's like, yeah, he was. An, he, he flopped really easily. <laughs> it's, it's the way his head bounces off. Not to mention, you can see the yeah. fact that it's a breakaway toilet. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, it, it's just it, it's it's just funny to me. I agree. Uh, we also see that he's also jumped by a bunch of police, get beat by batons. Good to see. Not much has changed in 1999. <laughs> I had a, I had a feeling that's where you. Were. <laughs> it's true, true story though. True story. Yeah. As we see, Cipher has been separated from the group due to like a car crash, so he gets out through another phone. Which, by the way, I don't know how this how this whole phone thing works, because like they're talking they're talking to Tank on a cell phone right now. So why can't they use that to exit the Matrix? That's what I didn't understand. Why does it have to be a landline power? Like, is it because of the the. the- Everything is powered on a grid that's uh, – it can't be – has to be a landline. I don't know. Yeah, they, they never really explain why it has to be a phone or why uh, why they can't use a cell phone to get out. And they really never explain the logic behind it, actually tapping somebody in. You know what I mean? They kind of just said it's like all, you know, all numbers and stuff like that and they're watching. But it's like we really don't understand how they actually go about doing that. You know what I mean? Like how does how does that one pay phone – why is that one the, the one that's decided to – you know? transport you back because it's the closest one i mean is there payphones are supposed to be everywhere at every corner you know so i yeah, don't, there, there I don't was know really, there's really no closer phone they could have gotten out no yeah like why can't you just break into like a building and, and use a landline there like i don't understand i don't i don't get that either yeah so anyway so anyways uh cypher cypher betrayal by shooting tank not tank oh yeah no shooting tank first yeah. in the back and then in the stomach with an electric bolt and then yep. shooting and killing his brother dozer Yep. Yeah. So, uh, it is getting sillier. We then see Joey Pants jump into the laps of like of like three different people. Yeah. You know the part I'm talking about where like he jumps like he jumps on Morpheus. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so you then see him. He unplugs a which basically which pretty much kills him. Then he unplugs switch which kills her. Then we get the most emotional read from Carrie Ma from Carrie Ann Moss in the entire movie, which is a damn you cipher. And pretty much just like that. Yeah. It's just like, my God, is any is anybody in this universe bothered by anything? But the thing about it is if if Cypher really wanted to kill him and wipe them all out, he had a shot that he really could have just unplugged all of them and been done with it. Yeah, do you, you know why, I mean? why why are you monologuing? Yeah, seriously. Like if you were like you could have just cut out the cut out the monologue and literally just unplugged everybody, boom. You're done. Have good a good day. Shoot everyone. Unplug everyone. Boom. You're done. Movie over. Yeah. I mean, like, you didn't have to go have this, like, kind of, like, speech with Trinity and stuff like that. And, like, 
like grope grope on her body while she's being plugged into the matrix. Like and we also, I don't know. We also like hear dialogue, which I swear sounds like a joke. Like um, if this guy really is the one, then a miracle would have to happen for me for me to not kill him. As soon yeah. as that happens, Tank is revealed to have to have survived. Yeah, somehow he's like his sides all like pretty much like blasted out. Yeah, some somehow he survived a lightning bolt to the stomach. It's it, it's only like a six degree burn. He's fine. Yeah, no big deal. You can walk that one off. If, if anything, I feel better. Yeah, I mean, I was having pain there anyway. I feel much better now. Yes. So uh, both both of the, both of them get out. We see that that uh, Morpheus is being tortured by be tortured by agents. Why? I'm not exactly sure. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why they don't why they're torturing kill him. They already know who they have. They, they already know who he has. Yeah, <laughs> but then I I love the. Uh, the fact that like how how well they guarded Morpheus in this scene too. Because no, we'll you know you know they're coming after Morpheus. Why the hell you wouldn't be ready? Like I don't. I don't yeah, get the, that. Like, they, they they know they're coming. They know they're coming back. So why don't we have more guards out there? I have more more and agents. On, I have no idea. And, and on top of it, I don't remember. But the second one though, where he could clone himself, why couldn't he just clone himself and have all those why other agents you, in there? Why don't you do that right now? No, seriously. Like then that way they're like, oh well, shit. We have to go through all these agent Smiths as opposed to let's do that in Matrix Reloaded on the playground. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I think I think that would have been kind of cooler to see that you know Hugo Weaving's character just kind of clone himself and just have a bunch of Agent Smiths in that that end scene with uh, you know Morpheus coming out to jump onto the helicopter. I think that would have been more of a memorable scene. Well, he he, he forgot he had that power. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, so they contemplate unplugging Morpheus before they re- before they you know think about going to save him. They literally generate a whole shit ton of guns. Yeah, and yeah, this is where we get like the most maybe the most infamous scene in the entire movie. The, the sh- I, I do I do like this scene. They massacre a bunch of guards who are really just people that are doing their job. I think it was, that was a little unnecessary. Yeah, I, I love this scene, though. Do you have anything metal or anything uh, on you at all? And then uh, Neo <laughs> opens his jacket. And he, goes, he goes, holy shit. Yeah. And, yeah, and then just, like, busts out two, two SMGs. Yeah, like, this scene here is probably one of the most, I think, probably one of the most memorable scenes from The Matrix. Um, just because of the sheer number of bullets that they use in this scene. And on top of it, just the, the sheer carnage they do with all this all this siding on, on the walls and stuff like that. They get blown up in the air yeah and once again the cinematography and the court and the choreography in the scene really well done oh, beautiful it, it it flows pretty natural um yeah it is smooth it's smooth for an action film yeah so we then we then go to uh they got they cut to a roof where they're where they're fighting and yeah this is this is another scene another like a con shot where like neat where like an agent shooting shooting at neo and he goes like backwards to dodge the bullets Again. This is the popular bullet time or whatever they called it. I think no, yeah, it, it, it was bullet time. This this scene yeah. was parodied constantly. Oh, it was huge, and I remember even playing the video game on uh, PlayStation Two with Bullet Time. I thought that was so badass. Like that was revolutionary in filmmaking there with the whole Bullet Time stuff. Um, but I want to say that now I can't think, and I, I did a, a check on this one. Do you remember the corn video for Freak on a Leash? I think so. Where they have the bullet, where they're where they're doing the bullet. Yeah. Do you remember? I think so. I was wondering. I was wondering if because technically that was that came out in like ninety eight, 
I don't know when they did the video. I don't <laughs> know ripped, if the video they, was not now. They ripped off corn. But no, no. But I'm, but I'm, but I'm saying the, 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 um, the, the music video had like a bullet. I don't know if you, you were kind of following that in slow motion with bullet, the kind of like bullet time. With it too, you don't. You remember what I'm talking about? I, I do. I, just, I can't remember the one. The I, let me see if I can find it. Freak on a leash. Freak on a leash. Um, music video. Let's see. And song came. Oh, wait, the the song. I think I think this like I was at the same time it, because the song came out in 90, 90, 99. Eight. Oh, okay, the song. Well, the the album came out in ninety eight. Maybe they shot the video in ninety nine. I don't know though. I just was kind of curious. I, I don't know if that had any. I don't know. Maybe any oh, kind the, of. The video was released February fifth, nineteen ninety nine. So no, not enough time to rip off corn in that regard. No, but you know what I'm saying. But it's kind of crazy that that same year we kind of saw something similar yeah. to that. I'm not comparing it, but I just remember them following the bullet. You, you see the bullet going through things and kind of traveling with it, not slow down, slow motion like how we see it in the Matrix. It just kind of it had a little bit of similarities to it. That's all I was trying to say. So they need, so. They need- same, they need to say Morpheus in an absolutely subtle way. So what do they do? They grab a helicopter with a Gatling gun and shoot up the room he's in. And did you notice this scene, or was like Neo an awful aim? Oh no, he, oh he's terrible. How the hell did he not hit any of those guys? Or Morpheus, for that matter. Like you could have easily, Mar- like, you could have easily killed him. I'm thinking he has like this turret, pretty much, and he's like he could spray these agents down and they'd be dead. But all three of the agents are still alive. I'm like. Uh, like a, a standard a standard minigun shoots like what eight hundred rounds a minute or, or a second I'm sorry maybe 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 a minute but like it it shoots like a lot of bullets really quickly <laughs> which is crazy like, yeah there's no way you didn't hit anything seriously you would have accidentally hit somebody and if Mor- seeing Morpheus scream wasn't silly enough we get to see it in slow motion this time <laughs> I'm like it looks it looks like you're seeing like the last note of an of an aria. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but Mor- Morpheus breaks out of his chains. He go he goes uh, you know into the helicopter. Neo helps him up, and yeah, we see the helicopter is about to crash when uh, Tr- when Trinity you know, hooks herself up so that way she can get out before it crashes. We see that for some reason a bullet the helicopter crashes into does a ripple effect. Yeah, and I don't know why. Is is it like the extra one up in Mario? There's no and why it's there, how you're supposed to find it, but it's really cool if you do. Yeah, because it was almost similar to that whole what mirror, kind of like that mirror scene there that we had seen previous. Yeah, but anyways, uh, they get they get out. Morpheus realizes that somehow, by the simple act of lifting a girl who's probably what like 110 pounds, <laughs> yeah, off, off from a helicopter, that that makes Neo the one for some reason. That's all he had to do. That's all he had to do. <laughs> Be chivalrous, you're the one. Yes, and then they find out phone underground to exit the Matrix through. Now, remember earlier we were talking about how it takes them forever to get to a phone in this world? This, Yeah, this this scene here kills me with the bum. Yeah, so anyways. Yeah. Uh, they need they need to, they need to you know, get out of the Matrix, but Trinity takes, you know, now of all times yeah. to try and tell Neo something important. That obviously, maybe she has feelings for him. I'm like, uh, this could wait. Like literally, tell him when. Just hurry up and answer the phone. Tell why him not get out? Up. Why not get out of the matrix? <laughs> yeah. Tell him what you need to tell him. Believe it or not, you still can say the same exact words when you're back in reality. Yeah, but surprise, surprise, the phone gets shot out, and Neo is stuck. 
going and now he has to go toe to toe with Aiden Smith. Yeah. Which, by the way, for a, for Aiden, pretty much dodged anything. The, the, the Aiden Trinity killed earlier was a fucking moron. Yeah, seriously. Like, she like put the gun to his head, set a catchphrase, giving him plenty of time to dodge, and he did nothing. Dodge this. Yeah. Was it a dodge this. Yeah. Uh, we see another scene in Perry Countless Time where they go jump in the air, hold each, hold each other's guns, and then fire off an entire clip. Yep. Yeah, we we get these. We get the uh, you know Aiden Smith fights. Which again, pretty well choreographed, I might say. Yeah, still, I mean, still good fight. Still, still holds up pretty well. Yeah, the, the fighting scene in this still holds up pretty well. Yeah, he he's losing, and then he gets shot, which makes me think, okay, well, that's it. Neo's dead. When uh, when but like you know, it can't be over yet because you know why? Trinity says that the Oracle told her that she wasn't the one, but she would be in love with the one who was. And she's in love with Neo, which means he must be the one. He's gotten promoted. He got promoted. He got demoted, then promoted, yeah, promoted. in the same film. Demoted, <laughs> then promoted. A yes. few times, actually. Promoted, demoted, yeah. demoted. Yep. He's like, so am I, you're, you're, you're fucking with me. Am I the one or no? Another big problem in this movie is the fact that Neo and Trinity, their chemistry really isn't all that, uh, uh, isn't all there. No, I mean, some scenes, yeah, but like for the most part, yeah, I, I, it's not like a romance that you can really believe. It's not. No, they re- they really don't have a lot to work off of. To well, they, they don't have that many. They don't have that many scenes together where they're building. You know what I mean? They're yeah. Most of the time they're together. They're fighting. They're not really actually furthering their they're not really talking. emotional relationship. They're really, yeah, they're that's really the talking thing. about themselves. Like yeah, they, that's they, the thing. They're not really given a chance to share chemistry. And they trust me. They overcompensate for that in the later films, and we'll get to, we'll get oh, to that when we get yes. to it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, Neo, through the power of love, comes back to life, takes takes over the agent, and then he then he kills him. He does the whole you know famous stopping bullets in midair scene. And then just pretty much bats him down. Yeah, and yeah, Neo Neo wins the fight, beats all the agents, and yeah, that's, pretty, that's pretty much it. He tells the tells the machine that the revolution is coming. He's gonna tell anybody he can about the Matrix. Flies off into the sunset. And that is the end. Q rage the machine. Wake Q rage, up. Q rage against the machine. Wake up. And movie over. Yep. And that's the Matrix. Yeah, I mean, I, and I and I knew when we we set this up. I think what was I the one to put the Matrix on, or did you put Matrix on? You put. No, I put Matrix on, huh? I think yeah, that was you. Because you. you did Fight Club and Ten Things I Hate About You. I did Eyes Wide Shut and Matrix. Yeah, the, yeah, that was you. Right? That was all you. Yeah. Okay. Well, we knew that was going to win. I mean, I think, you know, just the people that are in our, you know, our group, um, I, I just knew that that film, it was going to be either that or I was really shocked 10 Things I Hate About You really put up a good fight. Um, I, I kind of was bummed to see that Eyes Wide Shut didn't get a whole lot of love being it was Kubrick's last film. I thought it was a really good film. I really was hoping we get to talk about that. At some point um, we'll talk about it. Yeah, I'm not worried about it. But um, I, th- it was either going to be this or Fight Club. Um, was the one that I kind of thought. Um, I know that my one friend Adam had posted something about uh, Boondock Saints. I just couldn't see that being in there. It's kind of a forgettable film for me, at least. Um, it's, a, it's a guilty pleasure for me. I mean, it's 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 a good film. I like if I was going to narrow it down to five films from '99, I would not have put that. I would have maybe I'd like to have seen American Pie on there because I'm a big American Pie fan. I wouldn't mind putting that on there. Uh, I thought American Beauty had a shot to get some votes just because they wanted to see maybe what we would say about Kevin uh, Spacey and all that stuff. Um, 
But uh, yeah, but Matrix won, and I think it wasn't too much of a surprise to us that uh, that it took home the the W. No, no. So overall, what what, what do you what do we think of the Matrix? Does, do you, does it hold up twenty years later? I still think some 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 scenes do. The fight scenes absolutely do. Um, I still think that stop, uh, you know, the uh, bullet. Um, what the hell is that called? Bullet, bullet time. time. I still think that 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 holds up pretty well. Um, I think some of the fight scenes still hold up pretty well. That um, that last scene with the gun, sh- the, you know, the gunfight and stuff like that with the um, with the security guards and stuff like that, I still feel holds up. Yeah, there's some scenes kind of like how you said at the beginning of the film, but that but I kind of was used to that because that, they kind of introduced that they kind of like I'm sure that was you know they they kind of popularized that. Um, but uh, to me, some of the scenes, yeah, some of them a little bit here and there. Um, kind of like the graphic at the end where he's like taking over uh, Agent Smith and then he breaks out of him. That that looks kind of like a little choppy. Um, but outside of that, though, I still think the film holds up pr- pretty decently for 20 years. I mean, a lot better than other films, given you know that age uh, discrepancy between then and now. You know, how about what do you think? Um, yeah, like you, it's complicated. There's a lot of scenes that really do hold up. A lot of yeah. things that you can clearly see the influence in, like modern modern film that came yeah. from this movie. Yeah. Then yeah. again, this this movie is not whole, as original people would, like say it is because it borrows from a lot itself. Uh, everything else, yes. Because it, 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 and this, that's the, there have been that's tons point, of yeah. like sci-fi movies, TV shows, and books yeah. that borrow this idea of like, what if our reality isn't exactly real? It's yeah. Shit. What if we're just even? Yeah. The, even the year before this, Dark City, which is a great. I was going to say Dark City, really good film. Yep. It was a great movie. Actually, did a lot of these concepts. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think the char- I think a lot of the characters are pretty flat. I think a lot of the effects don't hold up. It's a lot I'll of things that, yeah. you see right now are very '90s, mainly in the way the main characters dress. Oh, the dress is absolutely. Um, music, music. Uh, you know, Rob Zombie, Rage Against the Machine were big in the late '90s. I mean, still. Uh, Rob Zombie is still okay now, but not like how he used to be. Um, but that had a really good soundtrack, though. Um, but yeah, kind of how you said, you, you can definitely tell there's some scenes that for sure age. The chemistry between characters really isn't believable. Again, I'll, I'll go out on a bat and, you know, I'll bat a limb, you know, and say that, um, you know, I still think Trinity was an awesome part of the film. I really liked her as a character. I thought she was a, you know, you know a female protagonist who was a really, like, a badass. And I really think that this kind of, this kind of really, I, I think, kind of was like a benchmark for you know for females there turning the you know the to, to the two thousands, you know yeah, for a female protagonist character. I mean, just I think it was important. I don't disagree. I mean, it's also a start a promising start for a franchise that really didn't oh, live absolutely. really didn't live up to its potential. No, but the thing about it is, like this is this is the clearly the example of we should have just cut it and been done with it when you had the chance to just be done with it from one and done. You know what I mean? Well, no, I, I think I think the Matrix should have had sequels, just not the I, one, yeah. just not the ones we got. Well, my thing is, I think they were at first off. You waited four years. You know why put two out? You know, take take your time. Don't put two out the same calendar year. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just a very odd system. Trust, trust me, we will talk about those sequels at some point, but. Oh, I'm sure we will. Yeah, so that was that was the major. I think you and I both, you, you, know, you and I both like this movie. It's a good movie, and I and I'll say I think the accolades it gets is what it brings to the table, action wise. You cut anything out of it, like story wise, script wise, acting wise, you can kind of forget pretty much most of that. It's the action scenes and the scenes that we talked about that stick out that that really re- you remember the Matrix because of this. You know what I mean? And yeah, I think yeah, that's why it's so uh, – and I think that's why it's so revered 
as a uh, you know as a good film of the nineteen you know nineteen ninety nine. It's just because of that. Absolutely. So, yeah, that was that was our view of the Matrix. I think I think a lot of people might be shocked to see that like you know we're not praising the shit out of it, but hey, we're fair. Yeah, I mean, we're fair. We're good, honest. It was, yeah, it's a good film. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's I mean, uh, is it gonna like? Is it going to win Academy Awards on acting? No. And yeah, kind of how you and I said it. I mean, we kind of just pretty much threw it all out there. It's a good action film. Outside of that, though, a lot of the other things they could do without the acting, I don't think is, is subpar. There's a lot of forget. There's like a lot of muddled dialogue. The, the chemistry between Neo and Trinity is really not that believable. Um, yeah. So overall, though, a good film. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's it. That's our review for The Matrix. Russell, you want to give you a plug before we leave? Uh, yeah, uh, you can find us at our channels that we neglect on YouTube. House Hollywood Reviews is mine. I haven't posted a video in like nine months. Um, you know it's bad when the last video you posted was a teaser trailer for Toy Story 4 that's probably already leaving the theaters now. That's when you know it's bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got to get back on that. I just, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking about maybe just doing my reviews in a podcast form because I think it's just a little bit faster and just do like, my my weekly reviews and stuff like that, like how I how I would normally have done it on YouTube, just kind of do it on on a podcast. Maybe um, we'll see. Um, you can also find me Hunter Chambliss and I do a show called the Horoscope Podcast. Um, we just reviewed The Witch. It was the first time I actually watched it. I chose to to review that film. We choose each week. We bounce off. Uh, they pick. You know, he picks. I pick. He picks. I pick. Um, so we, we just re- re- uh, recorded yesterday The Witch, so check out that wherever you can get your podcast. And you can pretty much find me anywhere uh, competing in you know Fan League Movie Trivia. And I just want to give, before we cut it over to the ch- uh, you know hopefully future champ here, I just want to wish you, you know, good luck on Thursday. you got a big match coming up in the Schmodown for you know our fans that listen and watch the uh, Movie Trivia Schmodown. Big match against the Shire Wolves, so really wishing you the best there. Thank you, thank you. And you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, at ChanceWars underscore 91. Uh, check out my new channel, I Neglect, which hey, maybe we can combine. We'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah, we should, we should just do that. Yeah, uh, but, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it. But uh, yeah, my yeah. YouTube Chance the Critic. Uh, you can also find, uh, yeah, check me out the Schmodown. Check out my other podcast that I do that I'm going to get back into shortly, PWCA, a podcast I have Clark and then do with Robert Parker. And uh, yeah, watch the Schmodown, support that, join the Patreon. Like Russell said, i got a huge match coming up this Thursday against the Shire Wolves for the team title, which I'm very excited about. And, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for us. Join our Facebook group, subscribe wherever you listen to us on, and we will see you. Oh, next week's going to be a fun one. I can already talk. talk. Can't wait. Can't wait. Uh, yeah, we will see you next time.